You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and it is fight week here in Knoxville. Valor 79 goes down this weekend, Friday night, from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, of course, it's fight week, so that means it is picks panel and preview day, which is uh, everyone's favorite, of course. And, uh, of course, joining me, as always, my co-host Justin Watson on the line, as well as our picks panel for the evening. And uh, that will consist of uh, Greg Hobbs. Uh, I'm sorry, Greg Hopkins, Jeff Hobbs. And then uh, in the uh, guest seat tonight, we've got Torres Finney, who uh, will be trying to make up some ground in our uh, in our guest spot for the panelist picks playing for the house. So, uh, guys, uh, good to have everybody here tonight. Torres, of course, the uh, the new Valor 205 light heavyweight champ. So uh, welcome on the show, champ. How's it going? What's going on, Tim? I'm I'm having fun, man. This is gonna be awesome. I'm excited to be here with y'all, man. I love this <laughs> for sure, for sure. And you know, you'll be uh, making your Valor commentary debut as well this weekend at the show. So you'll hear uh, Torres along with with Greg and uh, and our man Vince Ferrara on the pay per view, which you can catch that link at the VFCMMA.com as well as all of our social media outlets. Uh, before we get rolling into the uh, the the VFC preview, we've got some UFC talk to to get to a little. Re- Recap of last week's action. It was uh, UFC Vegas 20, headlined by the heavyweights. It was Cyril Gaon taking on uh, Yair Zinho, Rosenstruck. And man, uh, this fight did not deliver a lot of excitement, guys. It was, uh, you know, a lot of people were comparing it to that Nganu and Derek Lewis fight from a few years back where there just wasn't a lot of action. From my take, you know, I was on Gaon, so that was nice. But um, it was, you know, I, I didn't think it was a great fight. Don't get me wrong, but Gon just fought really smart. It seemed like, you know, he didn't let uh, Rosenstruck have the one avenue to victory that uh, that he had. You know, he's a counter striker and he just didn't give him anything to counter. He stayed at range and kind of pecked away at him. And I was a little surprised, though, on my end that, you know, as Rosenstruck's a guy that has uh, so many years of uh, kickboxing uh, before his MMA. You know, he's, he's known as a kickboxer. You mean to tell me in all that time he didn't run across a guy with that fight style like gone had and just like a solution to it that uh it kind of blows me away uh i'll go to each of you guys for overall thoughts on uh this card not a whole lot uh, i will say uh, my other take on this card um uh ronnie lawrence uh former valor bantamweight champion looked the best of anybody on the whole damn show the only guy to get a finish uh got a finish uh, or got a performance bonus for it and really just had uh, about the best uh, UFC debut that one could hopefully ask for. Uh, and then also uh, I'll, I'll give one more uh, little note on this one from my end, uh, the Ankaliath, uh, man, that guy, very, very good. Uh, you know, he's going to uh, crack into the top 10 now of the 205 division and uh, he could be a, a problem, man. This is a guy that I could see potentially contending for the title. Uh, we'll send it around the horn here and we'll go to uh, Justin first, uh, your overall take on this card. You know, it takes some shitty cards like this sometimes to to make the cards like we get this weekend feel all the better. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> um, I agree with you. I mean, as far as the criticism goes for, for Rosenstruck, I I don't think it was anything like the Derek Lewis and um, and Engano fight. I mean, Jarzino pretty much picked him apart. I mean, he wasn't. It wasn't like he he was not throwing shots. He just wasn't throwing a lot of volume, um, a lot of one and two and get out. 
but he was landing, you know, his jab was, was spot on. I uh, mixed in a little bit of wrestling. The guy's got, he, this, this was his eighth fight uh, as a professional. He's been in the sport for less than three years and he's main eventing a UFC against the top five heavyweight in the world. Um, you know, and I think he put on a perfect performance. I think if you're going to criticize anybody, it should be Rosenstroke. You know, it was, it was his job at that point to take the fight to gone, uh, and he just didn't do it. Maybe he was a little bit gun shy after getting knocked out a couple of fights ago by Ngannou. And, you know, gone is, is a big dude. He can obviously hit hard. So uh, maybe that had something to do with it. But Jorginho just never pulled the trigger. Um, and, you know, I never would have thought that fight was going to go five rounds. It wasn't a, like you say, it wasn't a, a very entertaining fight, but I thought it was a Technically, it was a flawless victory for Gone. You know, won five rounds to nothing and moved on, got another win and got the bonus. So I, I can't really blame him for that. Um, let's see. Another one I, I thought was odd was the uh, Tiago Moises and Alex Hernandez fight. After At the end of the fight, um, Hernandez was throwing his hands up like he won, you know, like when the referee was was about to, to raise one of them's hand. Um, and then his coach leaned into Bruce Buffer almost as to ask, like, you know, you sure you didn't read that wrong? Uh, two of the judges had it three to nothing for Moises. I had it two to two to one for Moises. Um, but for Hernandez to think that he won that fight, I think was a little wild. Um, and he's been kind of jawing off about it in the media since. Um, but I thought it was a good fight for Tiago Moises, and he'll move up in the rankings from here and get you know get somebody in the rankings. I think next. Um, he made a pretty big call out afterwards. I don't think he'll get. Uh, that fight. Um, but um, another one I think I was impressed with was, you know, we kind of talked about it going into the um, going into last week was Alexis Davis. He just has so much experience and so much grit um, where Sabina Mazo is, is a prospect and up and comer, but um, Alexis Davis just doesn't quit. And she knows uh, she has so many tricks, you know, and, and basically she just um, got her to the ground and, and wrote, out, wrote out a decision there. So uh, maybe keeping her job, for a little bit longer, um, but it wasn't a terrible card overall. I don't think, you know, it wasn't a lot of big hitters, not a lot of big names, tons of decisions, obviously, but um, we got to see, you know, some, some things that, that we, I think we needed to see that out of, out of uh surreal gone. Uh, and I think we needed to see a long gritty fight out of um, uh, Ankaliyev as well. So um, I wasn't, wasn't a terrible card. All right, uh, Greg Hopkins, uh, your take on this one. Uh, how, how did you come out on the evening? It seems like, uh, for the most part, this is one of those cards where, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the favorites, uh, you know, they, they got the majority of them, but there were some, there were some, uh, some snake bites out there with the underdogs. Yeah, I agree with some stuff that Justin said, a lot of it, like, you know, but I'll, I'll disagree with one thing he said. This card wasn't terrible. This card was absolutely fucking terrible. All my bets, everything took a nosedive on uh, on Alexis Davis. But not only that, when I went back to try to you know reamp, you know Hernandez was hella favored. And like you said, Justin, I agree with you. He got his ass whooped, and, and mm-hmm. he, didn't try, he didn't make an attempt to try to try to to try to take the fight. And but for that, like, shut shut the fuck up. All right, next. Uh, Alex Harris, uh, he beat Kevin Froome. I was on Kevin Froome as a dog. Uh, shitty fight. I'm going to move on next. Uh, didn't care about Rivera Munoz. And then the draw uh, with De La Rosa and Silva. That pissed me off because I was on I was on Silva that fight. Uh, but I will say that Ekaliyev 
did stand out head and shoulders above everybody, except for our one man down there who deserves all the praise, Ronnie Lawrence. Dude, he is a fucking problem. He is a problem, and uh, and I can't wait to watch more of him. Uh, Shouts out to Ronnie Lawrence. That's all I got on there. Well, uh, Pedro, yeah, Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera was a fucking great fight. Oh, hey, I didn't really incredible fight. Fight. Fights on the card, I didn't yeah. mention that one. I'm sure. Yeah, Bob well, or, or, yeah. Uh, I mean, like the first fight. That the was first a, fight that was, was a great fight. The first fight that was good. This one's good. The, the next one they make is going to be good. I, I mean, that's why I kind of didn't say anything on that. I figured somebody else would hit on it. I'm glad you did. I, I but I just. After uh, just after a shitty night, like hell, one of like I went back and reloaded my account, and uh, and thought hell, I think the co-main event and the main event, neither one of these go to decision. I'll go <laughs> ahead and parlay that together. Probably <sighs> kicking the nuts and dips and shit and rolling breadcrumbs if buck damn both of them went the distance. And I was just ridiculous. Like you know, Rosa Strike should have went after it. He should have. I'm gone. Did what he was supposed to, and I'm not mad at him at all. Uh, but that co-main event, damn, that was good. That was a good fight. Krylov, Nikolai, that was that was good. That that should have got some kind of fight of the night bonus, you know. So it should have. It did. I thought not. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I listened to that wrong. Yeah, Jim Rivera and uh, Pedro Munoz did get fight of the night. I thought. Yeah. Did that. they get a bonus? They did. Yeah. They At did. first, I they thought did. only Ronnie did, but those guys got one too. They only did. They did three though, which is odd. Well, that that, that was deserved. Both of those guys deserved that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, Jeff Hobbs, uh, your take on this card. You're from Middle T- Tennessee out there. Uh, you know, you've seen Ronnie Lawrence come up uh, since his amateur days. Oh, is it my, is it my turn yet? Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, what time is it? Seven o'clock now? Uh, there, there's not much left to say after those two guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm with Greg. I'm disagreeing with, uh, with Justin. There might have been a good fight or two on the card. It was a shit card. Um, and the other disagreement was Gon didn't get a, a bonus. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence was the only performance bonus. The other two were fight of the night bonuses. So okay. those are my two. Those are my two disagreements. Um, this card, uh, you know, riddled with decisions and a draw. I mean, it doesn't get much more boring than that. Yes, the uh, Munoz and Rivera fight was great, but this was the Ronnie Lawrence card. Uh, you know, sixty-eight uh, percent, one hundred two total strikes, eight eight out of nine takedowns. Uh, 77 significant strikes. This was the Ronnie Lawrence coming out party. Uh, you know, this is what Dana White uh, told the world he saw, but it's what we in Middle Tennessee have known ever since Ronnie, you know, started uh, as an amateur. That uh, this was uh, definitely his uh, his coming out party here, and uh, definitely everybody here is proud of him. And uh, I'm just ready to move on from this card. Uh, I do, uh, you know, what uh, Justin was talking about with uh, the day. Mazo fight. I was definitely disappointed in Mazo's performance. Um, I, I just I expected more out of her, and so did my bank account and my my uh, my, my fandom. So, uh, so Mazo can eat it. I think Mazo is uh, was kind of exposed a little bit as just like not really having the goods that the UFC wants her to have. She her her grappling skills are not on the level, obviously at this point. So. Uh, lots, of, lots of work on there. Uh, Torres, uh, wrap us up on this card, and we'll uh, put it to rest. Well, I mean, uh, I agree with everyone else has said as well. Um, no, this card was not good. Um, I, we talked about this one actually on my show yesterday, but Cyril uh, Gone, Rosenstreich, it did give us the Derek Lewis and um, uh, Francis Naganu vibes. But the main thing dealing with those fights was, yes, we both knew they had power, but when you have two guys with that type of power, they fight, you know, with a little bit, they don't fight with that same aggression. 
in a, in a sense. Um, I thought Rosenstrike was just flat-footed. He was so flat on his feet. Gone moves like a light heavyweight. I mean, you have to throw that out there. Gone was moving really light on his feet, in and out, in and out. He'll throw a few strikes in, boom, he's out. Um, Rosenstrike just couldn't close the distance, and it really hurt him in this fight. Um, I ain't a lot to you. I've never been a big guy on Rosenstrike. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've always thought he was just, you know, overhyped. Um, you take away that Alistair Overeem lucky knockout. I mean, I don't even think that should have been finished in the first place. You know, they didn't give Overeem any time to, you know, at least fight back. He wasn't full. But I think I, I think Rosenstrike isn't all that good to me. Even when he um, KO'd Julian Dos Santos, who today just re- um, I just I, I don't I just never thought Rosenstrike was all that good to me overall. You know, up to the standards of being amongst the top heavyweights in the year. But Cyril Gunn, I mean, he's on that he's on that pinnacle. I mean, the only thing I had against Cyril Gunn is, you know, when you're given that opportunity, when you're given a main event like that, I mean, yes, you must do what you need to do to win because obviously that hurt Curtis Blaze last week when he fought Derek, uh, Derek Lewis. I mean, you know, what, what was winning for him, he got away from it. But I think Cyril Gunn, you should have took advantage of that. I think you should have tried to, you know, be slightly more aggressive. We knew your strike was there. Yes, I know you got to fear the power of Rosen strike because his power can put you away instantly. But I just thought he could have, you know, tried to go for a finish or something. But I think he played it safe, get in, get out, get the win. And hey, the win is much more important sometimes, you know, trying to be flat. Uh, um, yes, Arkaliah, he's that man. He's that dude. I mean, yes, his own losses against Paul Craig. And I mean, I remember watching that fight and, uh, you know, back and forth a little bit. But, you know, Arkaliah was. Besides that loss overall, if you only look at, besides this fight, his past five fights, they've all been finished except for one. So this has only been his second decision out of his last seven fights. I mean, he's a, he's a top dog, man. Yes, he is going to be a problem in that light heavyweight division. And the, lastly, overall, yes, Pedro Mujos and Jim Rivera, incredible fight, man. Incredible fight. And yes, it's starting to show the low calf kicks. They hurt anybody in any division. Yes, Pedro Mujos, I mean, bro. Phenomenal fight against Jim Rivera. Jim Rivera would play him to be able to fight back cut constantly. It was a really good that, that to me, besides those three cards, I mean, yes, it was a little boy. You didn't really have no flashy knockouts, you know, great looking jujitsu of submissions. But overall, I will say this card on on the one to ten scale, it gotta be a three for me, man. It wasn't that. It wasn't that good. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for our uh, recap of UFC, uh, the UFC uh, Fight Night 20 in Vegas. And uh, we'll move on to look ahead at this weekend's UFC 260 pay-per-view. And it is stacked, guys. This is a man. This is a really good card. I can't bitch about this a bit. Uh, As of now, there's 15 fights. We'll see if uh, all of them go down. But, uh, you know, this is this is really one of those cards where even the prelims could be like a main card on some of these ESPN plus events. So I'm excited to get into it. And uh, of course, uh, tonight we're going to be using the line from action 24 seven, which is of course the only Tennessee owned and operated sports book here, uh, here in uh, in big orange country. And uh, they're on board with Valor, man. They, uh, they got the, uh, the red corner guys. They'll be uh, sponsoring uh, Valor in the, uh, in the, for the rest of this year. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cool things happening with that. Uh, we're in the in the process of trying to get uh, our professionals uh, sanctioned for uh, legal wagering here uh, with the Tennessee uh, Education Lottery. Who's over that? So we're in. Hopefully by April we'll have uh, you know live wagering on uh, the pro fights for Valor, which is very exciting. And uh, of course, 
uh, looking at um, uh, the odds uh, for this weekend, uh, you know, if you were to uh, want to play along with us, you can uh, make a deposit over there at Action 24-7. And if you use the promo code VALOR100, V-A-L-O-R 100, you uh, get a match bonus up to 100 bucks. So if you put 100 bucks in, they're going to match it with another 100 bucks. You get 200 bucks to play with. You can't beat that. So uh, make sure you jet over there to Action 247 and uh, and put in promo code Valor 100, and they'll match your uh, first deposit up to 100 bucks. And you can play these uh, UFC bouts with us this weekend and uh, win or lose with us. Uh, tread lightly at your own risk because uh, I've been on a bit of a cold streak, y'all. Let's jump into this. And uh, looking at the uh, the top of the card, it's a uh, man, it's a doozy. We got three title fights. Um, headlined by the uh, light heavyweight championship. It's going to be Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion, uh, taking on uh, the the new champion now that John Jones is vacated, Jan Blahovich. And uh, Adesanya is about uh, minus 240 favorite here, guys. Uh, Blahovich, the defending champion, plus 200. Um, I'll get us started here. And I, in my opinion, um, I know it's a wide line, but I still think Adesanya is not unplayable at minus 240 at this point. Uh, I don't see that Blahovich has that many pass to victory, to tell you the truth. I mean, he could knock him out, I guess, but I think Adesanya is just going to pick him apart, maybe get a late finish, but I could see a decision as well. I don't think that Blahovich is going to be able to take Adesanya down and keep him down uh, in order to, you know, kind of take advantage of, of his size. So uh, my pick's Adesanya here, even minus 240. We'll send it around the horn real quick to everybody for quick thoughts and a pick on this one. Uh, Justin. Man, I think, um, you know, the, the storyline going into it is going to be the size. Adesanya's probably not going to hit 200 pounds uh, on the scales, you know, where Jan's going to be cutting down from 220 probably. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This is crazy. You know, Israel has fought heavyweight um, kickboxing before. Israel has – this is like his 106th professional fight. Uh, he went 75-5 and five in kickboxing and uh, had had a few matches um, at heavyweight and did well, you know. And so um, moving up, he's, he's going to be able to see everything. He should be the faster guy, obviously. But Jan is just so big and, um, you know, has so much power. Uh, you know, one shot could, could end it. Um, I think – this is the perfect time for Izzy to move up. Obviously, John leaves the division, and and you take, you know, Jan is is the the dark horse of the division. Nobody thought he was going to be uh, holding the title right now. So I think that Izzy sees this as a as an easy title grab. Um, and if he does it, man, this this cements his legacy, and and he's only at twenty one fights professionally uh, in MMA, and um, still still super early in his career. Uh, you know, and he's he's the fifth double champ in history. So um, this is going to be a crazy fight, man. I, I think that Izzy has all the tools to do it. Um, you know, I think that his footwork and his movement, he's going to be able to stay away from from the power of Yon. Um, I think he's. I, I, I don't know. Let me look. Do you know what the uh, what the odds are on? Uh, do you know any any of the props? Let me look here. So um, so what do you want to know? I'm looking at Izzy by submission. I think that um, he's talking about uh, coming out and doing something crazy. That's, and that's plus 2,600. 2,600. So, yeah. man, I'm going to be throwing, you know, probably 10, 15 bucks down on that. Uh, I was listening to an interview with him the other day, and he was talking about uh, he, had, he sees two, two paths to victory, and one of them he didn't really want to talk about too much, but I think it's submission. He just got his 
purple belt from Andre Galvao. Uh, and he was, you know, pretty emotional about that. And um, I think, you know, if he gets the chance, you know, Izzy's going to be the, the taller, longer guy in this fight. Um, so if he gets a chance to wrap up with Jan, he may end up sinking in a choke. So, uh, but got to be careful. We got to watch out for Jan's power. I'm, I may take Izzy by submission and Jan by knockout and see which one hits. They'll All right. Yawn by knockouts plus 350, I, I think, is what I'm or plus plus 385, somewhere around there. So you're hitting plus money either way. Yeah, uh, but uh, he's actually uh, all the way up to plus four hundred now on the on by knockout. But um, and then I, I think also a decent look is the over uh, the over two and a half rounds minus one forty. I don't think that this is going to be something that just plays out real quickly. Uh, let's go to Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, did we mute you? No, but as soon as you said my name, I choked on something. <laughs> <laughs> my what's going uh, on, Jeff? <laughs> no, it was something much larger than that. That was great. Just spaghetti. Um, Man, I mean, you're talking about paths to victory, and uh, you're right. There's not many, but there is one, and that's and that's the knockout for Jan. Um, I, I, uh, you know, shit, man. I don't know. Um, It's a tough one. Um, I mean, obviously, this is Israel's chance to either like. The way that I saw it playing out was he comes in here, he found a way to get that light heavyweight title. It's enticing now, regardless of what John Jones does. If he gets this belt, then it invites John back to his division uh, and, and kind of forces that fight at light heavyweight if we can't get Israel to go up to heavyweight and these two smaller heavyweights fight. So I think in the big picture, that's what they're looking at is one way or the other, whether it's Izzy going up to heavyweight and fighting John Jones or winning this title and John just simply coming back to his uh, weight class. We're, we're trying to set up a future fight there, uh, possibly at light heavyweight is what I feel is happening. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go easy, I'm going to go easy decision maybe. And Jan at, uh, at knockout, but I definitely like that uh, two and a half. I think this is, this fight plays out longer because Jan's pretty durable. Uh, so I might look at, uh, uh, those three options, maybe something like that. But, I mean, it's an interesting fight. I mean, that's why you have these champ against champ, champ against uh, champs, uh, super fights, because um, we get to argue about it all week leading into the fight, and, uh, we'll you know, we'll see what happens. So um, those are probably the three ways I'm going to look at this fight, look at the action I'm going to look at doing. All right, uh, Torres, what's your, uh, what's your play here? Well, I look at this, man, and um, this is, uh, is going to be a really interesting fight. Um, Israel, yes, I, I see he's the favorite, but he shouldn't be the favorite by too far of a margin. I mean, Jan is that type of guy that can land that one shot and it can't put him down. Um, but I look at Israel, I mean, I think this is the type of style fighter he wants. He wants a guy, you know, with heavy hands. Um, Jan, I don't want to say he's robotic necessarily, but he just doesn't move as fluid, obviously doesn't move as fluid as Israel, but. I mean, Paula Costa didn't move all that fluidly or Yo Romero. I mean, he gets a little robotic at times. And, you know, when you look at these guys, I mean, this is what Israel like. He likes these guys. I mean, that's what he fought against majority of his time when he was doing kickboxing. I mean, guys that would be coming in, you know, at a set base, uh, a little bit ro- robotic. And Israel will pick them, a piece, pick them apart. And right now I look at Israel and, yes, this is just like a setup for John Jones. Um, Israel say he wants to keep coming. He wants to take over the light heavyweight division. And he said eventually one day he might go for the heavyweight division. So, I mean, 
that's some power he'll have to deal with. But with him not putting no muscles, I, I worry about that because if Yon lands one of those leg kicks, I mean, I do, do we do remember what he did to Dominic Reyes and that body kick, man. Good lord, <laughs> man. If he lands one of those, Israel's ribs, man, those ribs are gonna be cracked, man. Like, ooh, but. That's the thing with Israel, his quickness, his agility. I mean, he's able, he's light on his feet. He can move. I mean, man. Um, so it'll be a really good fight. Um, I think this is that type of fight, you know, very similar to me. I compared a little bit to Usman and Burns. Um, a lot of people knew Usman would win in, in a sense, but they knew Burns would give him a tough test or give him a fight. And I see Israel finally facing some more adversity. I mean, we haven't seen Israel really face adversity since Kelvin Gasson. I think in this fight, he'll face some a little bit, but. I got Israel winning. Um, eventually, he'll finish. I think he'll finish young fourth round. Greg, wrap us up here. Are you uh, you you going with the with the flow, or are you uh, against the against the tide here? Man, you all are talking about going like like he ain't the light heavyweight champion of the world right now. Like he ain't going out there to defend his title. Everybody's all on Adesanya's nuts. Let me go ahead and lay out what I think is going to happen because Jeff got me thinking. All right, Adesanya wins, right? And then he's a champ, champ. John Jones gets up, wins the title in heavyweight, and he doesn't gain too much weight. And he says, fuck it, I'll go back to 205, and I'll put my heavyweight title on the line against Adesanya. He can, and, and, and Adesanya beats John Jones because John Jones has not been taking performance enhancers anymore, and he's not the same fighter he was. He's out of his prime. I'm not saying he's not the GOAT, but we're going to find out. And then all of a sudden, Israel Adesanya becomes triple champ after he beats John Jones. Uh, with that being said, that's just some bullshit I want to throw out there. If it ever happens, you heard it here first. But uh, <laughs> with that being said, uh, fuck. I mean, but if it doesn't happen, you didn't say. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> but but the Adesanya, I mean, like he's 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 too quick on his feet. Uh, he's too he's too accurate. Um, don't know what I got. I'll, I'll, I'll short it up. I'll take Adesanya right here. Uh, uh, fight doesn't go the distance is the money I've got here. Started off like you were talking about us all riding Adesanya, and then you did the exact same thing. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, because y'all. I mean, everybody's talking about how, like, how, like, I mean, he is them, the light heavyweight champion. We're talking about, like, oh, he's the underdog here. He's the underdog. But just like Finney said, I mean, you know, I mean, he's that dude, you know? What did we say that wasn't wrong? Well, it wasn't right. He is the underdog. Uh, Statistically, the the line shows he is the underdog. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's fact. what, What did we say that wasn't right? Oh, no, it's just that everybody's totally on Adesanya's nuts right now, and everybody, I mean, it's just everybody's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Greg, are you like not on his nuts? No, hey, 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 hold up. Yeah. Just you you just stroked it's him not, your whole two minutes. <laughs> it's not just you guys. It's not just you guys. I'm talking about everybody, not just y'all. In, in gen, I'm talking about everybody in general. Everybody's just like, there's, I don't, I mean, I'd like to see how much money's coming on. You know, Joe Public right. certainly, uh, certainly is, uh, is on Adesanya, I would agree. And I think everybody on our panel here is on Adesanya as well. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out this weekend. Still going to be a very interesting fight. I think that uh, being able to attack some of those props is more uh, is a little better or cheaper way than having to, to lay all that wood with a, a climbing line on Adesanya. Co-main event, speaking of high lines, man, this one is, is huge, especially for a title fight. It's Amanda Nunez, uh, two-division champ. Uh, defending her 145 title uh, after she has just uh, become a parent for the first time. So I think that's a little interesting here. She's taking on Megan Anderson, who's a major underdog here. You've got minus 1,100 
on uh, Amanda Nunez with uh, Megan Anderson coming back at about plus 700. So a, ma- a massive return on Anderson if he thinks she, she can uh, get it done. But, uh, you know, it's a tough road to hoe with uh, N- Nunez. I will say that, like, if there's a time to get her, maybe it's now. You know, like I said, she just has got this new child that uh, her and Nina Ansaroff have have uh, have had and it's uh you know obviously going to affect her training schedule and her sleep schedule and things like that and w- looking at her in the uh the preview thing the uh you know the uh, uh what's it called the UFC uh embedded. 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 yeah 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 and she doesn't look to me like she's just an awesome shape i mean she looks a little thick you know like not saying that you know, she's not in good shape, but she doesn't look just lean and mean, you know. So um, Anderson's going to have some some advantages here, potentially, especially with her, her uh, length and reach. And, you know, we actually did an interview with her on Vince Ferrar and I's radio show here in Knoxville um, inside the cage MMA radio on the sports animal. And uh, she was talking about how she really wanted to get to the clinch and because she thought she would have some good advantages there with her, her reach and height. And so. Uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think that it's too rich for my blood for uh, to play Nunez all the way up there uh, at a straight uh, minus 1100. So I think my play here would be to kind of give a little benefit of the doubt to Anderson here to at least make this a fight. And you can go over one and a half rounds uh, at minus 120. So essentially even money on if you, if you feel like Anderson can get past the halfway point around two, I feel like that's the way to go. Uh, we'll shoot it back in reverse this time. Uh, Greg, you can go first. Um, I'll be swinging on uh, Amanda Nunez and nuts here. I'll just say that Amanda Nunez all day. You may have just lost your job right there. Just, yeah. just laying the, just laying the straight 11 to one Nunez. I mean, I, I would put I would be willing to put 1100 on it. Yeah, yeah. I did some foolishness like that with uh, the Canelo fight last week. <laughs> I lived to see I lived to tell the tale though, luckily. Torres. Um, um I'm, I mean, you can't really say much about this. I'm taking taking Nunes easily. I mean, I know you can't play MMA math, um, but Felicia Spencer choked out Megan Anderson in the first mm-hmm. round. And Nunes, if we saw what she did in her last fight, I mean there was literally and people getting mad at the referee. Because he wouldn't stop the fight because <laughs> Nunes was killing her. Uh, Nunes easily. Um, this prob- second-round finish, me going to fight hard, but I see the second-round finish. I think Amanda Deshaun. All right, and uh, we'll go to Jeff. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Nunes right now is at that point in her career, uh, kind of parallel to where Anderson Silva was at that point in his career when he's just completely on top of everybody, a step or two ahead of everybody. Um, and at the top of his game, that's where she's at right now in, in female mixed martial arts. I don't care how much time she's taken off. Uh, you know, we've also seen where, you know, motherhood or fatherhood or a new child motivates. Donald Cerrone's career resurrected when he uh, had his last, you know, his child uh, and had something to fight for, you know, some motivation. So it could, it could also be a positive motivation. Um, I didn't know about that one and a half. That is the only play that I'll play on this fight. Is that uh, one and a half rounds? Because Megan Anderson is tough. Um, uh, you know, yes, yeah, she's uh, susceptible to get caught in a submission, but um, I, I think uh, Nunes is going to stand and, and try to just bang it. And I think Megan's tough enough to last that one and a half rounds. All right. And uh, wrap us up here on this one, Justin. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like you said, the lines are, are so long. I sent you and Greg these, this line when it came out. Um, just. There's only a couple ways to play this. For me, 
I think I'll probably play uh, Nunez by knockout or TKOs plus 120. Um, and then I'll probably play Nunez by decision. Um, you know, her last thing she's been to a decision, you know, in two of, two out of her last three fights or something. Um, yeah. So that's always a possibility. You got plus money there. Uh, and then maybe Megan Anderson by knockout, you know, for just a, just a small play, uh, 10 bucks when you 280 or something. Um, oh. But that, that's the only way that you can really play, play this. Our third t- uh, title fight of the night is another good one. It's one that has uh, been brewing for quite some time now. And it is uh, Aljamain Sterling challenging uh, P- uh, Peter Yan for Yan's uh, championship that he won over the uh, over Jose Aldo last time out. Um, a lot of people, myself included, didn't really think that was necessarily a worthy title fight. Uh, but this will definitely, in my opinion, cement his uh, his uh, his status, if you will. It's a flat pick em, guys. This is just straight up pick em. Pick a winner. Minus 110 either side. Of course, the book's got to get their juice. And uh, once again, we're getting these odds from Action 247. Only Tennessee uh, owned and operated sports book. And you want to use the, Valor co- uh, the code Valor100 when you make your deposit. And they're going to match it for 100 bucks. And you can play along with us there. Uh, of course, Sterling and Jan. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning Jan here i think that i read uh, an interesting statistic in that peter yan has never in his career been taken down from the clinch he's never been taken down from the clinch so i mean i think it limits sterling's abilities to if he if sterling struggles to get this fight to the ground then i think it's going to be a long night for him and yan's going to pick him apart uh if sterling can get the fight to the ground that's where you know that's where he wants it to be but um you know a lot have tried and and few have been successful i'm going to go with peter yan to retain at even money here um and we'll start this time uh we'll start in the middle we'll, we'll let uh greg start this time i yeah I, mean, I made a comment on this uh, a couple months ago about you know if if algerman sterling deserve a title shot and number and i vaguely and i'm not vaguely but i distinctly remember Justin saying, hell yeah, he deserves a title shot, you know, and then boom, next thing you know, there was the title shot. Um, I still don't know if he's enough for, uh, for Yon. I'm, I'm, I'm with Tim here. I'm going to go with Yon. I just think he's the, right now, he's the cream of the crop. Uh, but damn, Sterling's tough, but I still got Yon here. And then pick him, I'm putting my money on Yon. Justin, you're an uh, Aljamain fanboy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think I'm, um, I didn't, I haven't gotten on the books yet, but earlier in the week, you could, you could actually get Aljo plus money. So money's coming in on him. I think, you know, for me, the, the real title fight was Algermain versus uh, Cody, Corey Sandhagen. Um, Algermain got a quick submission since then. Corey Sandhagen has gotten two vicious knockouts over top five guys. Um, I think those were the two guys that, that should have been fighting for a title. Instead, it, it ended up being Yon and, and Aldo. And I think that, you know, I think Sterling feels like he's the champion coming into this fight. Um, and and I, I think that Yon knows that he hasn't really hasn't really beaten. The only the only real big win, I feel like, that uh, that Yon has is um, uh, just fought Pedro Munoz um, last weekend. Oh, crap. Who, who, who fought Pedro Munoz last weekend? Rivera. Yeah, yeah, Rivera. Jimmy. Yeah, that's the only that's the only uh, big win I think he's got. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that Sterling does get this to the ground. One interesting thing: Sterling is looked at highly as a wrestler. I still think that Sterling will get this fight to the ground and finish it. But 
an interesting fact is that Yon does have that good takedown defense, and Sterling's takedown accuracy is only at like 29%. He's relentless. He'll throw, he'll shoot 100 takedowns, but he only needs one. Um, but, you know, I think that it's kind of misleading to say that he's only got a 29% takedown uh, accuracy rate, but I'm going to keep going, keep going until he gets the fight there. And he's going to be so much longer and so much rangier. He's moved out to uh, to uh, Vegas now and, and is getting some different look and some different training. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Sterling try to keep it standing a little bit. Uh, but I've got Sterling all fucking day. All right. We're split so far here and we'll go to Torres next. Well, I mean, what I'm going to slightly agree or disagree with you on the last one, you said, I uh, think Peter Young really deserved that fight. Then again, I don't think Aldermaine Sterling and Corey Sanhagen necessarily was the title fight. Um, we must have forgot about Marlon Marias. I thought he should have been in that title fight against Peter Young. Um, you know, because after he lost to Cejudo, I mean, then he beat Jose Aldo. But, you know, I don't, I don't know why they put Jose Aldo in that fight. But, I mean, I look at Peter Young. I mean, you go back and look. His only loss is against Margo Megamedov. And um, it was a decision split. And they fought again, and he beat him. And, you know, we and a lot of people have been looking at Bellator. But Magomedov right now is one of the top guys in the bantamweight division in Bellator. So um, I look at Peter Young, and uh, he's going to keep that pr- – I mean, I know all Jermaine Sterling loves to keep that pressure. Um, he'll keep that pressure. He'll constantly keep firing to set up his takedowns. Um, his jiu-jitsu is top-notch. I do fear for Jan a little bit if he wants to get him to the ground. That's going to be a really interesting. But I just think um, Jan keeps the pressure on him. I mean, they call him no, they don't call him no mercy for nothing. Uh, I think he uh, eventually finishes Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain has, is hot. He's on a five-fight win streak. Um, he, he, he's hot right now. But I think Jan finished him in the fourth round, TKO. Three to one, Jan so far. Jeff Hobbs wrapped this one up. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it's a pick em, so that's what I'm going to do is just pick them. Uh, I, I like Peter Yan in this fight. Uh, to me, this is uh, Apollo Creed versus Ivan Drago here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Sterling's flashy, uh, but Yan is a machine, man. He's just going to dig to that body. Uh, he hits hard, man. And he's like Finney said, he's going to he's just going to keep the pressure on him. And I see him ending it. So I don't know. I hope 24-7 doesn't mind, but I'm going to play some side money with uh, – the Justin Watson sports book, and we're gonna do a little something <laughs> on the side. We'll do a little something on the side here, Justin. If you want, I want to in, do I want it, in on that. Bruh. let's do it. Yeah, hey, hey, you should all four gang up. All, all y'all put a hundred dollars <laughs> in. I'll put a hundred dollars in. We'll do it. Oh <laughs> yeah, right. Since, since, since you're all so confident, <laughs> time, so we gotta split yours. Yeah, each and yeah. You yeah, Sterling goes from uh, even even money to plus four hundred. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, according according to you guys, he is like plus five hundred. <laughs> All right, for the rest of this card, we're gonna uh, hit a more a lightning round approach to it, uh, and uh, e- we'll uh, go to one of you guys for each of these fights here to run down the rest of this card. Man, it's so good. Yeah, there's yeah. there's so many good fights. Uh, the the next fight on the on board here on the pay per view, uh, two very very good lightweights. It's uh it's gonna be uh, Khabib's boy Islam Makachev minus three sixty five against Drew Dober plus three hundred. Dober coming in uh, hot, man. Both these guys uh, very very skilled. And uh, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Torres for this one. Um, yes, you said it right, Tim. I mean, look, Islam Makachev. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we saw. Uh, this past week, Daniel Cormier said it himself. Um, he said that as a pure wrestler, Islam Makachev is better than Habib. With just pure wrestling, he would be better. He's, he is better than Habib. And um, 
I mean, I look at Isla Makachev. I mean, this man is, oh, man. And I think he actually has slightly better striking, you know, than Habib. Uh, and even Cormier said it himself. He was like, if Islam was to get all the way up to the title fight, he said Habib would come out of retirement, beat the guy who got the title, and then let it be vacant so Islam can get it. Yeah. I, I think that's just funny, but. Um, I think Islam, I, this is going to be a good fight. I mean, Drew Dober is coming into this fight with three straight knockouts. I mean, yeah. uh, this is going to be really interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't, hey, I wouldn't sit there and think Islam would want to stand with him too much, too long. But I do see Islam um, taking advantage of this opportunity. I do see him trying to uh, get in a finish. Could be like second or third round because Drew Dober is a tough son gun. But um, I do, I, I think Islam Makachev does win this fight. Third round. All right. Um, the other, uh, the opener on this pay-per-view card is, is a fight that could be a main event on a, on a lesser card all day long, man. Two top 10 light heavyweights. It's, uh, Tiago Santos taking on Alexander Rockage. Uh, surprisingly Rockage is the favorite here. Minus 155 Santos, uh, plus 135. And, uh, this is kind of, uh, this is a kind of fun under the radar, but it's actually a really important fight for both of these guys. I think I'll, I'll send it to you again here, Torres. Yes, you, you said that perfectly as well. Um, this fight really changes courses for a lot, both of these guys. Yeah. Um, if Alexander Rockage can get this win, I think it really inserts him, you know, eventually into the title picture um, after his uh, great performance against Anthony Smith. I mean, a lot of people go back and look at how he lost to Old- uh, Ozemir. But, um, you know, Ozemir was formerly in the title fight, you know, when he fought Daniel Cormier. But um, Tiago Santos, ha. Uh, Yes, a lot of people, a lot of weight is still held on to that fight when he fought Jones, you know, with that torn ACL. Yeah. And then the second round and how he was able to still compete and get that fight to uh, a split decision, even though Jones won. And then he was one of the last guys to beat Young, you know, and not only did he beat him, but he beat him uh, with a knockout, TKO in the third. Um, I look back at Tiago Santos' last fight against Glover Teixeira. You know, Glover, Glover is on a mission right now. I don't care what nobody say. Glover, to me, Glover Teixeira is on a mission. Obviously, I believe he just wants to get a title shot. If he gets it, I have no doubt in my mind, depending on who he faces. <laughs> um, he wins that. I think he wins it and retires off the bat. But um, he's, he, I mean, he's on a mission. And plus, that's a really tough fight for Tiago to come back into straight up. Uh, but I think Tiago gets back on the, on, on the winning side. I think um, Teixeira was a tough fight for him. You know, different uh, – Mismatch game, but I think Tiago takes it to Alexander Rockets, and I, I think he's winning this. One. So we've got an under, underdog underdog play here from uh, from uh, from Torres getting into the prelims, the the proper prelims here. Uh, man, this is a freaking good prelim card. The the headliner prelim, Dominic Cruz makes his return to take on Casey Kinney, and I, I'm high on Casey Kinney. There's there's no, I've always been high on this kid. But it's a big step up for Dom, uh, against Dominic Cruz, you know. And but uh, oddly enough, here the the odds makers have Casey Kenny minus one thirty five favorite over Dominic Cruz plus one fifteen. We'll go to Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I like it, man. I'm, I'm high on Kenny too. You know, we got the you know the one time undisputed uh, king of the the bantamweight division here. But um, you know, he hasn't won a fight since 2016. He was uh, on the shelf for like three years before he came back. Um, you know, he lost to Gar- Garbrandt, was on the shelf, came back, uh, lost to Cejudo. Um, you know, I, I think if this was four years ago and we had a healthy, injury-free uh, Dominic Cruz, you know, he he runs circles around Kenny. But but 
you know, that's not what we've got. We've got um, uh, an older, longer in the tooth fighter now. Um, he, he's he's going to be the taller guy, but Kenny's actually the shorter guy with the longer reach. We've got a former two-time LFA champ. Uh, he is no slouch. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, Kenny's the more durable fighter. I think he's got he's got decent footwork, you know, himself. <clears throat> I think as long as he keeps coming forward and doesn't get mesmerized by that uh, quirky movement uh, and that odd footwork uh, that Cruz has, um, because, it, you know, to me, it's just kind of outdated now. Everybody's caught on to it. He was away for so long and he came back still trying to do the stuff he did five years ago. I think as long as Casey, uh, Casey Kenny keeps coming forward, uh, he's going to grind this thing out and, and take the win. So I would definitely, uh, uh, I am definitely going to put some money on the Kenny on this one. I like Kenny. Up next, it is Kyler Phillips taking on Song Yudong. Song Yudong kind of the, uh, the last uh, flag bearer for uh, Team Alpha Male out there, you know, but he's really good. He's undefeated so far in the UFC, and he is uh, 5-0-1, I guess, technically, in the UFC. Kyler Phillips, a uh, hot prospect, uh, came up on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, very explosive. Uh, Yudong is the favorite here at minus 155. Kyler Phillips plus 135. And uh, I think Yudong is just going to be a little too stifling here. I think he's going to be the harder hitter in the exchanges, although uh, Phillips does have pop. Uh, but it's just a big step up in competition, I think, for Phillips here. I think Yudong's got the better wrestling as well, and I like him as the favorite at minus 155. Uh, before that, we've got uh, a lot of flyweights on this card here, right in this little section. We've got uh, Joe B making his return uh, to take on Askar Askarov. I'll go to Justin on this one. Askar Askarov is the oh-so-slight favorite, minus 120. And Joe B coming back at even money, plus 100. I think there's a lot of a lot of value in this fight um, in Askarov. Joe B, you know, is a guy who's been around for a really long time. He's fought fought for the title three or four times. Um, never never was able to grab it, but he's coming off of two losses, you know, for the title. Basically, one of them didn't end up being for the title, but um, in his last one, he you know he got knocked out really bad. And uh, Askarov's on a tear. The guy's undefeated, um, and you know I think. The, the money is close. Or the the line is is really close on the fight, but Askarov uh, inside the distance is plus four eighty, um, and I I like that play a lot. I think that Joey's Joey B is just you know I think he's just past his prime. I think he's he's moving on in life. I think he has more things to look forward to, and um, I think he's going to start getting behind early in this fight and and probably look for a way out. Opening up the uh, main prelims here is a another flyweight bout. It's Kai Car France taking on Ro- Rogerio Bontorin and uh, Cara France is a favorite minus 135 Bontorin back at plus 115. I'll take this one. And um, I think that Bontorin is, is being undervalued here. Honestly, he's been pretty good. You know, he beat that Julian Paiva, who's really solid. Kai Cara France gets a lot of love, I think from the, from the betting public. Cause he's from that uh, city kickboxing and, you know, his teammate is on here. Israel Adesanya, the betting uh, people love to bet on city kickboxing. So I think it's a little, this should be, uh, Bontorin might should be a slight favorite in my opinion. I think he's more well-rounded and he gets this one. So I like Bontorin as the underdog plus 115. Getting into the early prelims and a uh, solid early prelim card, guys. It's uh, the, the feature bout in that section. It's Tim Elliott taking on Jordan Espinosa. More flyweights. Jordan Espinosa minus 130. Elliott plus 110. Another one that I'm a little surprised on the odds just because Elliott's the more recognizable name here. We'll go to Justin. Yeah, I'm with you. <clears throat> I like Elliott in this fight. Uh, being the underdog, it's it's kind of wild to see. You know, Elliot's one of the top 
guys in the world. You know, there's no way around it. If you look at uh, his all-around skill set, um, you know, it's it's right up there with the top. But the guy's not got the greatest record, you know, in the UFC. He's coming off of a win, three prior losses. Um, before that, he was kind of win-loss, win-loss. Um, you know, but this is a guy who, who fought a really close fight with Demetrius Johnson uh, back in the day, almost finished him. Um, you know, and, and but he, he's, he's always fighting the top. You know, his last three fights are Brandon Royval, uh, Askarov, and Figueredo. Um, you know, Figueredo finished him, and, and so did Royval, uh, both with submissions. But um, the guy is, is, is so, uh, you know, just, just quirky on the ground. Um, his scrambles are, are, are wild. Um, so I like uh, Tim Elliott in this fight as the underdog, too. I, I think that, you know, Jordan Espinosa coming off of a loss, he's not faced the, the, the type of competition that Tim Elliott's faced. Um, by any stretch of the imagination, I think Tim Elliott has the better coaching, um, and uh, I think Tim Elliott gets the decision here. All right, and uh, moving on down this card, we've got some underdog plays here. I like it. I can dig it for sure. Uh, we've got a couple uh, couple young bucks in this next one here as uh, Carlos Olberg, minus 250, takes on Kennedy and Chuck Wu. Plus 200. I've been on Kennedy in the past and I've always regretted it, man. I can't play this guy in good faith. I don't like the line. It's it's really long on a guy that's only 3-0, and but uh, a lot of hype behind Olberg. He's supposed to be a really good kickboxer coming out of that Sydney Kickboxing Academy, so you got an inflated line. There's no way in good faith I can play Kennedy. Uh, fight IQ's not there. He looks like a million bucks. You know, he, he's, he's all kind of shredded, but he, I think he's going to be too slow and lumbering. Olberg is going to pick away at him and maybe get a late finish. Uh, minus two fifty, Olberg. Uh, I, I, you know, it's it's the odds are super long, so it's hard to uh, hard to play that. But maybe you play him by by finish. Uh, you know, you could play Carlos Olberg uh, inside the distance, or fight doesn't uh, fight doesn't go to a decision. Even better at minus one seventy. So, uh, but Olberg inside the distance is even money at about plus 110 even. So that would be my angle on that one. Uh, moving on, uh, we've got, uh, this is another solid fight, man. Sean Brady undefeated 13 and 0 takes on the Australian Jake Matthews. Sean Brady minus 220, Matthews plus 180. Pretty tough step up in competition for Brady. I, I feel like these, line, these lines are a little wrong. I'll go to Justin. Yeah, I agree uh, 100%. I'll be playing Jake Matthews mostly because the line is just so long. You know, I think Brady is what twelve and thirteen and zero. Yeah. Um, Matthews twenty one and and uh, let's see seventeen and four twenty one matches overall. But um, it, yeah, who came up in the UFC? I mean, he you know see here his his uh, eighth fight was in the UFC, and um, so he's he's grown up here. Uh, he's taken some some losses, you know, but to to good guys, you know, he's got a loss to James Vick, Kevin Lee, uh, Rocco Martin. <clears throat> um, he's not losing to to you know, your average guy. Um, and like I said, this is a huge step up for, for Sean Brady. Um, but I like Jake Matthews in this fight. I, I think that the uh, overall um, experience is, is going to pay dividends uh, when it comes down late in this fight. And I, I like a shot or a uh, Jake Matthews late finish. All right. And then uh, we've got a female action here. Um, the only other female bat on the car besides the title fight. Lavinia Souza takes on Amanda Limos, and uh, Limos is minus 230 here. Souza back at plus 190. Hobbs? Let me, before I say this, you know, I, I, I listen to you guys and I'm scrolling and still. Did you guys know they just let uh, UFC just uh, released uh, Junior Dos Santos and Alistair Overeem? Oh, 
wow. Yeah. I, saw yeah. An, I got an update saying junior. So I thought somebody mentioned it earlier, but I didn't know no. about no, yeah. they cut them. They just cut them both. Uh, wow. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, especially one guy that was just on the verge of, you know, really trying to climb back towards a, a title fight here soon. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting side note. You know, this fight right here, we've got, uh, you know, just one of those odd situations where you've got the uh, number 15 ranked uh, Souza, who is actually a fairly decent uh, dog uh, to Limo. So you've got the higher ranked, uh, more experienced fighter uh, is, uh, you know, close to a damn near plus 200, um, you know, dog in this fight. Um, you know, Souza's a former Invicta champ. Uh, you know, she... Uh, she dropped a decision to, to Van Buren, I think, uh, in her last fight. But uh, Alex Chambers is, is one of those feathers in the hat uh, for, you know, as far as past performers. You know, Lemus is kind of an, an, an uh, anomaly. She uh, came into uh, the UFC on short notice, lost a real short notice fight to, uh, I think it was Leslie Smith. But then this chick was uh, suspended for two years uh, for some Stanisol. So you know, <laughs> she, you know, she had the good stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and she was out for, uh, you know, a, I think two years, you know, a couple of years for that. Um, Cause she had that good stuff, uh, you know, returned in, uh, you know, a couple of years later and ripped off two other fights. I think it was 2019 hasn't fought since. So, um, you know, with this one, I'm going to lean towards uh, Sousa uh, because I like the odds uh, for it. I, I you know, I don't see any reason. Uh, I don't know a ton about this this matchup other than what, you know, I've just researched and, and is right in front of my face. So I'm going with the underdog uh, because she's the ranked fighter. She's got the more experience. And, you know, I feel like why wouldn't I uh, go for those odds um, in this one? So I, I'm going Susan. Second bout on the card, uh, undefeated Euros Medic, uh, minus 175, taking on Elon Cruz, coming back at plus 145. Medic, uh Coming off the contender series, got an epic mustache. I know that much, Greg. I'm just gonna throw some stuff out there. He is an Alaskan, and uh, his uh, just real quick. I'm gonna go through. I got a lot to tell you about this. He's five and zero in his last five fights. He's six and zero. He's undefeated. He's 27 years old, six one. He's got a 71 inch reach. Uh, he's got no losses, like I said. He got two subs and four knockouts. He's gathered up less than 17 minutes of time in the cage altogether. Uh, he was ranked third in a lot of, you know, we went over for Alaskan fighters, 29 fighters in that weight class there. But he's also ranked first at welterweight in Alaska, too. He's ranked third at uh, lightweight, and he's ranked first at welterweight. And I look back, his very first fight he ever had was at middleweight. And his only fight he's ever had at lightweight was on the contender series, and that's where I guess he's found his home is at lightweight. Now, going, and, and so he's going to be a lot bigger than his opponent, and the reason I know that is because Cruz, is coming in uh, ranked 123 in the world. He's never fought over 150 in his life, and he's only done that once. And uh, you know, so medics he's never he doesn't have the ring time is what I'm looking at. I was trying to find one value bet on this card, and I was thinking it was Cruz. He's four and one in his, in his last five five fights. Uh, he's six foot tall. He's 31 years old. He's got a 78 inch reach. That's he's got the seven inch reach advantage in this fight. Um, He's got uh, he's been finished three times though. I think I mentioned that two subs, one KO. But he's going to lightweight. He's going to be the very very undersized, and you're going to see it at weigh-ins. Uh, Cruz is going to be very undersized in this. I can see medics coming in and knocking him out in the first round. I don't see it going to the second round. Uh, on 
On the contrary, you can see Cruz maybe pushing him up against the cage and grinding out uh, an ugly, stupid decision and, and, and getting your value at plus 145. But I've got to go with Medic, uh, Euros Medics here to get the KO. So I'm, that's probably what I'm going to go with is Medics here, right here at minus 175. Open up the card. We've got Trevin Jones taking on Mario Bautista. Bautista is the pretty sizable favorite here, minus 240, with uh, Jones coming back plus 200. This is a short-notice fight for Bautista, as it was supposed to be Randy Costa in here, but he takes his place and still comes in as a pretty sizable favorite, even on short notice. Greg, uh, we'll go to you for this last one, and then uh, that'll wrap us up. Oh, five-star Trevin Jones. 2-2-1 uh, two, two in his last five fights. Won his first fight in the UFC, but uh, failed a drug test for marijuana, so they took it away from him and called it a no contest. He's ranked number 56 in the world. He's only 30 years old. He's 5'7 with a 70-inch reach. Uh, I guess he's an underdog here. He's never been knocked out. He's been subbed one time, and uh, he's been beat by decision five times. Uh, he's got two knockouts, got four submissions, and then he's also got six decisions on his uh, belt, too. <clears throat> Problem with uh, Jones here is he struggles to make 135. And uh, it... it, it it just him getting down to that weight class because he's, you know, at 30 years old, he's starting to feel that uh, 30. I, I mean, just five, seven, 70 inch reach here, brother. 35 is hard to make. If he doesn't make weight, I might, uh, I might not even bet on this fight. But Mario Batista, even though he is on a late, I'm sorry, short notice, he's four and one in his last five. He's, he's ranked uh, a lot higher up in the world than, uh, than Jones is. Batista is 39th. He's 27, five nine with a 69 reach. So not, too much less of an advantage, uh, disadvantage there for Reach. He's, but he's on the on the card. He's minus two fifty five on the books. I don't know if I can take Bautista there. Uh, his only loss here is to Corey Sanhagen, and he lost by submission. Uh, he's got three knockouts, three subs, and two decisions. If I had to take any bet here, I'd probably say that Bautista wins by a decision, and that's what I would take. All right, whatever that is. Uh, well, it looks like uh, taking Bautista by decision. Uh, let's see here. I'll tell you real quick. I've got it. Uh, Bautista wins by decision is plus 145. I like it. All right. That is this weekend, folks. It is the UFC 260 song pay-per-view. And uh, you can play along with us again at Action 247 uh, for uh, our Tennessee listeners, uh, the uh, only locally owned and operated sports book. And uh, you can use the code Valor100 to get a 100% match bonus up to 100 bucks. So you put in 100, they'll give you 200 to play with. And Lord knows what you can do with that $200 on this UFC card. So uh, that is, uh, I'm excited for it. We'll recap all that next week. And uh, now we'll get into our final segment. That is a look ahead at this weekend's action. And that is uh, the Valor 79 card that goes down uh, this Friday night for the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. And uh, we've got a big card, guys. And, uh, of course, uh, before we get going here, I'll let Justin recap our scores, uh, where we are coming into this, uh, keeping in mind that Torres is in the uh, the revolving door seat to, uh, uh, to playing playing for my for my money. <laughs> coming in this week, we are Greg at City in the lead with 36, Hobbs with 33, and uh, Torres a seat with 26. You got some making up to do, Torres, but I think you can do it, buddy. The, Let's see what's uh, up, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what's happening with it. Now, guys, uh, one little uh, tidbit here is uh, to kind of get uh, people's appetite wet is the Action 24-7 is going to host a free play contest 
for these amateur fights. So, uh, you know, we're picking these fights here tonight. If you think that you can do better, you can jump on the Action 247 Games uh, site. And we'll post that link on the social media for both the Valor Hour and uh, for Valor Fights. But it's free. All you have to do is go over there. And uh, you uh, you pick all the you have to pick all the winners on the last twelve bouts. So these first twelve bouts we're going to run through here are super quick. Uh, but when we get to the last twelve bouts, those will be the bouts that our uh, our listeners can play along with us uh, on the on the games dot action two four seven dot com site. And uh, if you get all twelve of them right, you got to go. You got to get it perfect. It's going to be tough. But uh, yeah, you get thousand bucks, thousand dollar prize to pick all of the winners correctly in the final 12 bouts. So yeah, it's tough, but it's going to be fun. It is a little something to, to play along. So uh, make sure you get over there to action two, four, seven, get signed up, use that Valor 100 promo code. And if you use that Valor 100 promo code, they're going to match, uh, match your first deposit up to hundred bucks. So you put hundred in, they're going to make it 200 bucks and uh, you can bet on the UFC. You can play this free game to try to win a thousand bucks on these fights. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so I'll turn it over to Justin. We're going to uh, Justin has already received the picks from our panelists. So for these first 12 fights, he's uh, he's just going to let us know what they've picked. And then we'll just go to one panelist for uh, their their take on this. All right. So, uh, Justin, get us going with uh, about number one. All right. So to get started, we have uh, a Bantamweight 135 pound MMA fight. Justin McRae taking on Jackson Todd. All right, so we got Justin McCray making the ride back down here from Michigan. Last time out, he fought Jalen Harper. The last show uh, came up short in the second round. Uh, quite a bit of experience, though, and, uh, you know, it's a long ride down here. So, you know, those guys are motivated to, uh, you know, come down here and get a win. You're fighting down at 135 this time instead of 145, taking on the one and Jackson Todd. KMAA got his first win a few months back over Zach Lozano by decision. And uh, there you go. All right, so our Picks on this one. Everybody takes Jackson Todd. Hobbs goes with submission. Torres and Greg go with TKO. What do you got on this one for me, Torres? Um, oh, McCree and Sorry, Hobbs. no. I'm sorry. Oh, this I'm is sorry. hey, it, it's Hobbs on this one. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> All right, what well, do you got I, for okay. me on this one, Hobbs? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, well, first of all, I thought I didn't know if this was the Michigan guy that threw up or not. I, you know, it was, it's uh, not. Which one's by him in a minute? <laughs> Yeah, okay. he's coming up. He's on here. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, these Michigan guys, uh, you know, Michigan's a whole nother beast when it comes to MMA, man. And so you don't know, you know, back years ago, you, you weren't sure rankings or, or, or you know, records, uh, what was sanctioned, what wasn't, things like that. I mean, I think these guys got to kind of show me a little something when they get down here. You know, what I do know, though, is I know Jackson Todd. I know the, the gym he comes from. I know the training that he gets. So. You know, the, these uh, Battle Creek guys are still kind of a question mark, a big question mark for us. Love them to death. They, you know, they're good guys, and they make this long trip down there, down here. But uh, until they answer those questions, I, I got to go with what I know, and that's KMA. Uh, I'm going Jackson. You know, he, he told you I'm going Jackson Todd. I think it's going to be submission. All right, next up we have welterweights. Skylar Cobb taking on Ricardo Guerrero. Okay, so Skylar Cobb, we saw for the first time. He, he came down here on short notice this last time, and we had a lot of shuffling uh, going on. He was going to fight Con Robinson, but then he was like way underweight, so we switched it around. Colton Dunn fought Con Robinson. He ended up fighting uh, Chris Kinnett, and it was a really close back and forth 
round in the first round, a lot of just back and forth positions. Like one guy would be on top and the other guy would be on top. And there wasn't a lot of damage done. It didn't seem like, but uh, I guess there was a moment sometime during that round that Kinnett got said he got poked in his eye or something along the line, those lines. And in between rounds, he said he couldn't continue. So Skylar Cobb actually comes in here and gets the win. And so he comes in here one and oh, he's taking on Richard Guerrero out of a Gogi combatives um, and Skylar Cobb, by the way, out of Rome, Georgia. And he's trained some with knuckle up down there. He, he says, uh, but Richard Guerrero with a Gogi combatives out of Chattanooga. And I don't know a lot about him. This is the first time that we have we have seen him, uh, but I'm excited to, to see what he can do. That's for sure. And uh, uh, Justin, what are, how did uh, how do they shake out? Everybody takes Guerrero on this one. Uh, Finney by TKO. Greg and Hobbs uh, take submission. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out, Greg? Man, uh, I remember the fight with Chris Kinnett and, uh, and Cobb, uh, Skylar Cobb on that fight right there, and that was a very wild and just uncontrolled fight. Uh, you could tell both of those guys were extremely green, and I know that every one of us picked Chris Kinnett uh, to win. I believe, I believe we all picked Chris Kinnett to win that, and when he went back to the corner, I don't, I don't personally believe it was an eye poke. I think that he was just tired and he gave up uh, on the stool. He may have arguably won the first round, from what I recall. No, yeah, he did. 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 And, and and that's what I'm saying is he just gave up. And But with that being said, I mean, I don't know about that tested Skyler's heart or just that he knew that he had to go to the next round. Uh, with that being said, he's got one win. And uh, and Richard knows that uh, Richard knows that he's going up against an undefeated guy right now. And, uh, he, and he's, he's watched his one video. He's only got three minutes of footage on him. Uh, but – with that being said, I, I've actually personally got to be in the room with uh, with, uh, with Richard, and I've got to work with him. And uh, I, I'm excited to see he's uh, he's not one of the he's, he I, I, he probably doesn't want me to say this, but he's not glorified in this. He's one of those guys who was overweight at one time and uh, decided to say fuck this. I'm getting up and doing something about it. And did he just started coming to the gym and training and training and training? And he, he kind of mingled in with the guys that were doing MMA, and he just said, you know what, dude, this is something that I think I've you know found that I love, and he's going to give it a shot. And I think uh, we're going to see good things out of him. He's going to get that finished probably in the second round. Submission. All right. Next up, we have heavyweights. William Barnett taking on the real bulldog, Robert Davis. So we got two guys looking for their first win here. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's about to have the best night of their life. They'll probably climb the cage. Uh, William Barnett uh, comes down here from Michigan with McCray. And last time out, he fought Adam Sylvie. And um, I guess he took like a like a spin kick to the body that that he didn't react well to. And he ended up uh, blowing his blowing his chunks in the cage. And that's an automatic uh, ending of the fight by TKO there. So uh, it wasn't that he really just got hammered or anything there. But, uh, you know, when that happens, they call an end to the fight. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do here in a different scenario. Looked like he was a tall, long guy. That's for sure. Uh, taking on Robert Davis, 0-3. He's taking on, uh, you know, a lot of the guys we know around here. He's fought Adam Sylvie, fought Chad Finnerty. He had another one. I can't recall. He had a third one that he fought as well, but uh, hasn't hasn't gotten it done yet. But, you know, he's a guy that uh, a little longer in the tooth. Uh, I think he's almost 42 years old. He comes down here and uh, kind of wants to, you know, let everybody know that, you know, there's age is just a number and that he's, you know, even even at, uh, in his 40s, he's uh, he's still got it. And he's coming down here to, to, to get that first win. So uh, he kind of called for this fight. You know, uh, he, he comes to all the shows and he's usually perched up there at the at the opening to the dance floor so he can get in my ear, you know? <laughs> so our, our panelists on this one, finally we get a split. Greg takes Davis by TKO. Uh, Hobbs and Finney take Barnett. Hobbs with sub and Finney by TKO. Uh, what do you got on this one, Finney? I mean, yeah, Finney. 
Um, well, I looked at this and I was referring a little bit about, back to what Tim did uh, say because I did watch this fight. You know, anytime somebody fighting in two hundred five, I keep an eye on them. <laughs> and, um, I, I did watch it, and um, yeah, I mean William Barnett. I mean he's tall, he's long, um, and he's young. I mean I I just think uh, you know, with his opportunity, he wants to get back in there. I mean he's only eighteen. You know, it's very rare when I hear people are born in within the two thousands. It just mm-hmm. makes me feel like woo. <laughs> but um. But yes, he's 18. I mean, Robert Davis, he's nearly 40, 42. He's 41 currently. So, I mean, this is a big fight for him. And, um, you know, uh, Robert Davis hasn't fought in a year and a half. So, um, we're going to see how, you know, he's probably been getting better. I think William Barnett wants to get back in there to show up, have a better showing um, than his last fight. I mean, he didn't look all that bad. You know, he was able to stand there with Sylvia a little bit. Um, but, um, I think he he handles Robert Davis and his confidence um, gets back up. So, yeah, give me uh, William Barnett. All right, next up we have Bantamweight tie fight, three two-minute rounds. Uh, Blake Spence taking on Cody Ortiz. This one is an interesting one. It's a hard one to read here because it's the debut for both these guys. So, really, I can all I can do is kind of – Talk, tell you about their teams and, and what I know, but you know, Cordio, Cody Ortiz comes out of that striker fight center group down there in Georgia. So he's with like Jason Wolf and, um, you know, Cody Linder, um, you know, tough guys, uh, down there out of that group. And then he's got a teammate on this card as well, Karen Johnson. You know, anytime you get a guy out of that striker fight center, you know, they're going to be pretty tough, especially in the uh, striking, uh, the kickboxing aspect of things. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what you can do here against Blake Spence, who is also making his debut technically um, in a tie fight. He's out of upstate karate there in Simpsonville, South Carolina with Wonder Boy and the gang training there with uh, my, my buddy Weston Wilson, who will be bringing him out here. And uh, now Blake, this will be his first full on like tie fight, but he's like a big deal in the point karate world. He's won some national championships in the uh, the point karate uh, scene, which is different than what he's about to get into here, but still some experience all the same. All of our panelists take spins on this one by TKO. Hops, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that point karate style is what's going to win in this fight because, you know, in that style of, of combat, it's, you know, distance plays a good uh, part of that. You know, keeping, keeping your... Uh, you know, your, your opponent at bay at the end of your kicks, at the end of your punches, not letting anything close or not letting anything get up close to you. So, you know, upset karate in a, uh, a stand-up striking fight, I just didn't see any other way to pick this fight, you know, just with what we're looking at uh, with gems and style. All right, next up we have a uh, featherweight 145-pound Muay Thai fighter. Again, three-minute, three two-minute rounds, Stephen Haas, making his debut out of independent MMA in Newman, Georgia, taking on Joseph Hishma 2-0 out of Shield Systems in Knoxville. Another uh, tough one to call here. You know, you've got um, you've got one of these fighters in Seth Haas coming out of Doug Usher's group down there in independent MMA, not to be confused with an independent fighter. These guys trained for sure, and they, they uh, came to the last show. They were definitely prepared. Uh, Seth Haas, I believe, is a young buck. I think he's only 18, 19 years old. This is his debut. Uh, Joseph Hishma has already had two fights. And he's out of that shield systems camp there in Knoxville. His first two opponents, uh, you know, uh, of the softer variety. I think he had Bud Cook last time out. So this is still going to be a little step up, I think, in competition for Hishma. But having the two fights under his belt certainly goes a long way and, and trains, obviously, with a bunch of killers over there at shield systems. So our panelists on this one, Greg and Hobbs, took Hishma by TKO. Finney takes 
uh, Haas by decision. Uh, Greg, what do you got on this one? I mean, I just I just go off of experience here with Hitchmith, and he's coming out of Shield Systems. They got a tough camp, and that's probably why Jeff also chose them. He knows that they those guys throw down in there. And uh, Seth Haas, we don't know anything. We don't have anything on this guy. You know, hopefully he shows us something. But you know, I got to go with what I do know, uh, and that's Joseph Hitchmith from Shield Systems. All right. Next up, we have bantamweight, 135 pound, back to MMA. Cody Knoll, debut out of Jackson Winks in Concord, North Carolina, taking on David Placenia, uh, debut out of Dethrone MMA for uh, Fresno, California. Now, this is a really interesting one because I don't know what to expect at all here, but you've got two very, you got two new camps represented as far as the Valor scene goes, but two uh, well established camps at the same time. Uh, Cody Noel is a blue belt making his debut and he comes out of the Jackson Winkle John camp in Concord, North Carolina. This will be, I don't, it's, I don't know that they've fought a whole lot out of I think that's a newer gym to my knowledge. Not saying that like nobody's had any fights out of there. Definitely the first time they fought with us, though. Um, and then he, he'll be taking on uh, David Placencia, who is uh, making his debut as well, all the way from California with that dethroned base camp uh, group who, uh, you know, a lot of great fighters come out of there as well. So uh, it's, it's too, very interested to see how this shakes out, man. I, this is uh, one of those fights that's just kind of, nestled down there on the undercard that could uh, really deliver. Placencia, I believe, uh, is a white belt, but he does have uh, some some wrestling uh, in his background. Whoa, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg and, Greg and Finney both take uh, Placencia by TKO. Hobbs takes Noel by TKO. Finney? Well, um, after doing a little bit more research on the Cody Noel guy, you know, this was one of those angle live pickums. Uh, didn't have a lot of information on either one of those guys, but um, knowing that Cody Noel is a blue belt, that could go into effect. But with David being a wrestler, you know, we got to always stick together. So <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna go with the wrestler. But uh, um, this is gonna be a really interesting yeah. fight. <laughs> we know, we know, we know. Yeah. Uh, well, I ain't gonna lie to you. I really, we really don't know much about these guys. We got to see what happens on the feet first. But overall, man, um, this is will be this will be a really interesting fight to see for sure. Next up, we have bantamweight MMA Michael Jutes debut uh, independent out of Somerset, Kentucky, taking on uh, Quentin Sims debut out of Agogi Combatives. Okay, uh, another fight where, you know, it's really hard to tell what you're going to get with these debuts. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael, I'm going to say Juts, but maybe it is Jutes. Uh, but okay. yeah, he's uh, he's from up there in Somerset. He is a he used to he used to train, they said, uh, with, in Hazard with um, the uh, the Viper Pit, which is where the Beverly Brothers used to be mm -hmm. out of. But now he is an independent fighter out of Somerset. I want to say they told me that he was he got to a two stripe white belt before he he stopped training with with the gym, but uh, you know it looks like a looks like one of these uh, you know these uh, these tough Kentucky boys that come down uh, you know down here and, and ready for a scrap you know uh, he's taking on uh, Quentin Sims who is out of the Agogi Combatives group I know he's been training there with those guys here for man sure it seems like going on nearly a year it seems like at this point maybe not quite that long but uh i know he's been very eager to get in there he's a guy that's been chomping at the bit wanting to get a fight you know and uh they put the the, the reins on him a little bit but now they, they're ready to run him out there so let's see what he's got he looks like he's an athletic guy we'll see how he performs all three of our panelists take sims uh by tk well the, i'm sorry 
uh, Greg and Finney by TKO. Hobbs takes Sims by submission. Uh, next up, we have Nathan DeHart. Uh, well, we go to, we're going to gonna go to Greg on that one, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, man. You're trying to take it away from the boy, man. I'm mm-hmm. uh, uh, With that being said, dude, I, I don't know nothing about just an independent coming out of Kentucky. And you said, yeah, I'm now finding out that he was a two stripe white belt. Uh, kudos to that. This, uh, no small feat for anybody. Um, but with that being said, uh, Quentin has been in, 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 in all on Agogi for the last year. And he's been wanting to fight so bad. I mean, he's just wanting it. It's just something. I mean, and when he came in, he wasn't ready for it. He just wanted to get in there. And and it's Coach Sterling and Matt Harris told him that that he he's not going until he's ready. And uh, you know, I got to roll around with him yesterday, and that boy was ready. Uh, I mean, one, is this one thirty five? It is. One, it is. Yeah, yeah. That boy is ready. He's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to watch Sims come out there, man. We call him Q. But uh, yeah, I think Q's gonna get that finish. He's gonna probably he's got that he's got power. There's power in that little body of Q, man. And he's he gonna, does. He's gonna bring the punishment. <laughs> Tell him about it, man. Tell him where you got something to add on this. I mean, yeah, no, you no, you're right about that, Greg. He do got a little power to his little small body, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, man. <laughs> he's, I'm excited for it, but uh, you know, and, we, and this is the first time we're gonna get to see him tested in this atmosphere. We're you know under the lights. You know, I think if uh. If he can hold his hold his posture and just just keep his cool about himself, I think he'll uh, he'll he'll look good out there. Um, uh, but we're going to see a true test here with Sims, and I'm excited to see it. Tim, when you said uh, Jets was with that uh, or in the Viper Pit, was that when? Uh, and I used to go up there in Kentucky. Is that the one where uh, JBL started the uh, MMA show, MMA League? You remember that in Louisville? No, I don't think that's the same thing. I kind of do. I kind of do remember uh, that happening. But uh, Viper Pit is—they're like up in the mountains, man. They're they're in okay. Hazard in like no man's land. Okay. Anytime somebody says that, I, I just remember I went up there for two shows to cover them, and uh, it was pretty weird because he tried to bring back kind of that old school pro wrestling where it was a studio audience kind of thing, uh-huh. uh, where they had everything was neon green, and you know they had oh. a commentary table. Oh, uh, like Mid South Wrestling and JBL was on commentary. It was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, next up we have Junior Ty. Uh, these are lightweights. Nathan DeHart, uh, debut out of Somerset Martial Arts, Somerset, Kentucky, taking on Zeke Shaw, debut out of Wolves Den Martial Arts in Madisonville, Tennessee. I put these kids a little higher on the card because I expect these guys to deliver, man. Uh, DeHart, Nathan DeHart is out of Ian Lawler's uh, Somerset Martial Arts, and he says the kid is just a little animal, shredded up little guy. And uh, I'm excited to to see him throw down. And, of course, Zeke Shaw, this is his tie debut, but he did do a um, a pancreation match, a juniors, uh, a juniors MMA fight, um, and he won dominantly. I think he's a football player there out of Adam Sylvie's uh, – Wolves Den Martial Arts, very aggressive kid, very uh, very confident, good swagger there, and I think these guys are really gonna really gonna go at it. All of our panelists take uh, Zeke Shaw TKO on this one. How you see this one playing out, Greg or Jeff? Uh, I don't know. I like the name Zeke. It was pretty cool. Um, so yeah. that was the deciding factor for me. Um, very good, good analysis. I love it. <laughs> uh, I wish I could tell you I was, uh, that is what. I, that was pretty cool, man. His name starts with a Z. <laughs> yeah. It was Zeke Shaw. Yeah. And he's got a lot of people in the crowd, too. The Wolves Den brings people, man. Yeah, they do. They, they listen to these shows, and I dare bet against a, bet against them with all those people. Yeah. <laughs> You'll surely be confronted. Sorry, Nathan Hart. 
No hard feelings, man. All right, moving on to back to adult MMA featherweight 145. Mardrell Kirby debut out of Rocket City MMA, Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Carrington Johnson debut out of Striker Fight Center in Kennesaw, Georgia. Man, tell you what, this is the one of the like this is the one of the hardest fights to pick in my opinion because there's just so little known about either guy. You know, um, uh, uh, Mardrell Kirby uh, out of that Rocket City camp. He's got two ma- uh, two teammates on this card: Justin Jamar and Eric Lewis. Those guys uh, always come in shape and ready. Uh, you know, we they typically fight on that Alabama scene, so we like getting them up here when we can. Kirby and, and Johnson are both put together, man. They're both. Just very, very athletic specimen types. Uh, they both look like they can they they can go. It's going to look really good in pictures uh, on the in the weigh-ins. Uh, Carrington Johnson uh, again, his teammate on the card uh, earlier in the night, Cody Ortiz. He's out of uh, that Striker Fight Center down there with Jason Wolf and uh, Cody Linder and all those guys. And it's uh, another uh, tough one to pick, man. The the gyms are uh, are very you know uh, close in stature, and the fighters appear to be as well. All of our panelists taking Kirby on that one. Hobbs takes submission. Greg and Finney take uh, TKO. Um, what do you have on that one, Greg? Uh, I, I feel the same way. Uh, you know, Hobbs did last last fight. Really, don't have a whole lot to go off of. Uh, those guys are debuts. I'm and right now I'm looking at a toss up from uh, Alabama to Georgia. And uh, I, I mean, I'm from Georgia, so you know, I got to take Georgia. That's the only reason. I mean. You know, sorry, Huntsville, Alabama, and, and, and Kirby, but I'm going with Georgia here. <laughs> oh, I thought Georgia. Hold on, I thought you said that everybody took uh, that everybody took uh, Alabama. He, he did. I have Kirby written down for everybody. If I messed up, uh, that is possible. No, I guarantee you, Greg fucked up. I think that you're probably right, but it could be me. <laughs> I'll go back no, and I did, check. Now, it, I did circle. I did circle the Kirby. I'm sorry. My bad. Told no, you. but I'm going Carrington. Switch that shit. I'm going, Kirk. I'm going Carrington. Okay, we'll let that we'll let that go then. Okay, go ahead and officially let Greg change to Carrington. Oh my uh, god. Yes. Hold on, I got some I need to change too. <laughs> there you go. All right. Next up, we have heavyweight MMA John Dalton debut out of uh, Modern Gladiator in Roanoke, Virginia, taking on Brandon Ballard debut out of Team Conquest, Baltimore, Maryland. Two new teams that uh, we're welcoming here, so I can't tell you a whole lot about these guys because they're both debuts, but uh, I think both these guys will eventually be 205ers. I think that that's where there will be small heavyweights. Uh, John Dalton, uh, out of the Modern Gladiator group there in Roanoke, as Justin said, I don't know a lot about him at all, man. His coach is Antoine Curtis, who looks like he's a you know well-put-together kickboxer, and uh, he was trying to get on the card as well. He just couldn't get somebody that lined up with his experience. Uh, and then uh, Ballard, Brandon Ballard, uh, he comes to me uh, from the management that brings us uh, Seldon Wright, and they seem to have a tap on these wrestlers. Uh, Chris Creech there with Sucker Punch uh, sending me uh, some some solid amateurs here, so shout out to him. But uh, Ballard, I believe, is a former Maryland Terp, and uh, so he'll be making his debut. Who knows uh, if he can fight or not, but I think he can wrestle. Greg takes Dalton by TKO. Uh, Hobbs and Finney take Ballard by TKO on this one. What do you got, Finney? Um, yes, um, I did do a little research on this one. Definitely. Um, Ballard, Ballard is a, uh, a really good wrestler. He wrestled freestyle as well for uh, USA wrestling. So he has some really good wrestling background. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I took Ballard in this one. Um, I'm really excited to see, uh, what he got. Um, don't have too much info on John Dalton. Um, but 
Uh, Tim said he has some, you know, kickboxing experience, so that'll that'll be interesting to see. Um, but I'm taking Balor in this. Vinny, what are you doing researching people? That's not how we do shit. <laughs> Vinny's trying to make up ground in this, this third place. This, this, is, like be, this is straight <laughs> off the cuff, man. You, you <laughs> They're used to research. these people coming in here unprepared. Just researching oh, debuts, yeah. man. Hey, you got to know everything. A wrestler here and didn't even know it. <laughs> All right, next up, back to heavyweights, we have uh, – Taylor Burton, 0-1 out of Somerset Martial Arts, Somerset, Kentucky, taking on Roger Hunnell, debut out of Team Mayhem in Richland, Virginia. Okay, this one should be fun. Uh, Taylor Burton, 0-1, you know, out of Ian Waller, Somerset Martial Arts, but his loss was against big C.J. Baker. And if you all remember that fight, he was outsized. And, I mean, it was just, man, he was giving up so much size there that uh, he just couldn't overcome that reach. Really tough in game. Like, he took... He took his whipping from CJ and kept coming, and uh, now he's back and ready to get at it. He'll be taking on Roger Hunnell, who's uh, out of the out of Virginia up there and coming out of that Southwest Virginia area. He's uh, he came down with a guy that he worked with named uh, uh, Michael Sullivan a few shows back, who who lost to Colin Robinson in Colin Robinson's first trip down here. Uh, so uh, it'll be he's excited, man. He's he's pumped up. I see him posting on uh, social media both these guys. So uh, you know they're both uh, kind of your more uh, country boys. They're going to throw down here in the heavyweight division, and I'm uh, I think it'll be a, a slobber knocker, as Jr. would say. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg takes Hunnell by TKO. The other two uh, take Burton. Hobbs goes with decision. Torres goes with TKO. What do you got, Torres? Um, I'm excited to see this one. Um, actually, uh, um, these two heavyweights going at it. And, uh, I mean, I do remember Burton's fight against CJ. And, um, yes, he did give up a big, big disadvantage of size. But overall, I think Burton's, um, you know, having that experience, getting that one, that first fight in, uh, even though it didn't go as long as he probably wanted it to. But at least he got that first fight in. And um, I think he's going to have a great opportunity to rewrite his wrong in this uh, upcoming fight. So give me Burton. All right. Next up, we have featherweights, 145, tie bout, three two-minute rounds. Chris Timms, debut out of independent MMA in Newman, Georgia, taking on Kylie Quigley, 1-0 out of Spartan Academy, Columbia, South Carolina. This one's an interesting one, another hard one to call. Chris Timms out of Doug Usher's camp down there. That's Doug Usher's woman. That's his main squeeze, and she is uh, also an MMA fighter. She's got several MMA fights and I believe was a, was a state champion-level wrestler as well so she's got a lot of uh, mma and grappling experience i believe she uh, i may be wrong but she may be a judo black belt as well uh she's you know an accomplished grappler but stepping into the thai realm uh, this time so it'll be a little bit different uh obviously still with that that experience though goes a long way she's taking on kylie quigley who will be coming to us uh, out of that uh, Columbia, South Carolina camp, the Spartan Academy, and they always bring out really good kickboxers. They had Charlie Miller in that last show that took on Travell Boone, and he put on, even though he lost, you know, they come, they're good. They, they're solid. They come prepared. Now, she's actually from Utah. She flew out to Columbia, South Carolina to do her camp for this fight, but she's actually from Utah. Uh, Torres takes Tim's by decision. Uh, Greg takes Quigley by TKO. Hobbs Quigley by decision. Hobbs. Yeah, that, that's incorrect. I have TKO next to mine. Uh, you know, like I said, we got these a lot of these debut guys and, and one another. There's not a lot to say here. Um, I, I picked uh, Quigley just based on the, the experience of uh, being in there uh, one more time than Tim's has and, uh, you know, coming away with a victory. So that's really, uh, you know, what I base this off of. So sticking with my decision, Quigley. 
TKO. I'm going to send Doug Usher your way. <laughs> Doug Usher. <laughs> All right, next up we have uh, 145 MMA. Vimy Zola Atterborough, one and one out of X3 Sports, Atlanta, Georgia, taking on Chris Paez, debut out of Dethrone MMA in Fresno, California. Now, this starts our uh, our Action 24-7 free play game. And once again, you go to games.action247.com, and there is a free play here for 1000 bucks. If you can pick these last 12 fights right, you win $1,000. So make sure you go over there and check that out and use your code VALOR100 for your $100 match bonus. Put in $100, they'll make it $200. You can bet on the UFC fights this weekend. Uh, this is an interesting fight to hear. Bimmy, we're just going to say Bimmy Soul. Uh, he is uh, one of one. He's uh, down there with X3 with uh, Nate Williams and Robert Hale and the gang. He came up here and made his debut in a losing effort to Daquan Sutton, but put up a really good fight. And I, I, it was a split decision from what I recall. He showed really good wrestling and he's obviously in really good shape and coming off a win down there in uh, Atlanta on the NFC. So he's coming in hot to take on the debut in Chris Paez out of that dethroned camp in California, flying all the way out here from Fresno. Uh, he's another guy that is a white belt with a, with some wrestling background, very similar to his teammate Placencia earlier. Everybody picking Sola on that one. Uh, Greg and Finney by submission, Hobbs by TKO. Uh, so we'll start with Greg on this one. So, okay, but while Greg's figuring his shit out, say this name one more time for me. B- Bimmy Sola. Bimmy Sola. B- Bimmy and what Sola. is the what is the nickname? Uh, his nickname is uh, the Naja Boy, not the Naja Boy. Naja. Oh man. <laughs> now, what's the last at what's the last name? At a a Tobra. Oh, holy shit. Just Bimmy Soul is fine, though. Okay, that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg, are you there? Have we lost, Greg? Oh, Jesus, sorry. No, I'm sorry. We're still, I was just sitting there thinking about that $1,000, and I don't want to get this wrong. And I picked, we all picked, who all did we pick in this? Everybody picked hey, Bimmy Sola. Everybody picked Bimmy Sola right here, and that's the, uh, well, the only reason I picked him is because of his record. Okay, I mean, I, it's, we're getting to those twelve fights, dude. Where you don't you don't know right now. This, I mean, there's a thousand bucks up for grabs, and I'm picking the ones I'm picking right now. He's got he's one of one. He's a five he's a five hundred record fighter right now, and uh, he's going up against a, a guy who's supposedly from Fresno, California, that we know absolutely nothing about. I'm, you know, just to be honest. All right, Hobbs, you got any uh, any more detail than that? Uh, no, not really, other than just taking the, kind of the track record that, uh, you know, we've seen from X3 Sports in Atlanta. I mean, they always send tough guys up here, uh, you know, really good athletes. Um, so that, that was kind of just a history that X3 has with Valor. Uh, weighed a lot on, uh, on, my, on my pick. Torres? Yeah, um, mostly the record and experience uh, was really in, the reason why I picked uh, B. Miss Mola. I ever say his name, brother. I'm going to call him B.A. <laughs> but that was a, a big reason that went into my pick, the experience. Um, plus, he's from the A, no way, uh, ATL, you know, Georgia. But I'm taking the brother in this one, so. Major boy. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Featherweight MMA 145. Pearson Floyd debut out of Nashville MMA, taking on Dylan Smith out of Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. 
Yeah, Pearson Flynn uh, out of Nashville. He's got some kickboxing experience. He was like a tall, long guy. Looks to be in good condition. This will be his first time doing MMA. Uh, so I assume he's going to, you know, show good striking and we'll see what kind of grappling he's got to go with it against the guy that I know to be a pretty solid grappler in Dylan Smith out of KMAA. Also his first time out here. So, you know, who knows what we're going to get with two debuts, but they're both from really solid teams and I expect we'll get a good fight. Torres and Greg both take Smith on this one. Greg by submission, Torres by decision. Uh, Hobbs takes Flynn by submission. What do you think here, Hobbs? Uh, you know, this boy's down to kind of with Greg and wrestlers. I, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, we all kind of have our uh, our favorites, uh, our favorite Nashville. You know, uh, yeah, Nashville, Knoxville thing. So <laughs> it doesn't uh, it doesn't surprise me. But you know, as good as these two gyms are, you rarely see uh, you know a competition between the two gyms. So I'm excited just uh, to see these two teams actually uh, in there together. So you're going to get solid coaching. Uh, you know you get solid uh, training out of both these camps. So uh, it's, I, I think this one's going to be a treat for us. But, uh, I mean, hell, I live here, so I can't I can't go visit these places if I bet against them. So, um, <laughs> you know, so, I, you know, I'm a homer, man. So I, I got Nashville uh, in my blood, so I picked uh, Pearson Flynn. Torres? Um, yes, I picked Dylan Smith, mainly um, KMMA, you know, their pedigree there, so. Um, don't know much about neither one of these guys, but um, I'm willing to bet, you know, if Cameron May is willing to put them out, they are ready. So uh, I'm ready to see that. And um, I think Dylan Smith will be uh, in this one. Greg? I, I just know that all of the KMAA's uh, debut fighters usually come out a little bit more polished up than most other debut fighters. And that's the real reason I only picked Dylan Smith. All right, next up we have a catchweight tie fight of 150 pounds, three two-minute rounds. Tyler Jones, 1-0 out of United Karate Studios in Dalton, Georgia, taking on K.J. Franklin, 2-2, two two, Spartan Academy, Columbia, South Carolina. There's another one I'm really excited for, a hard one to call. You've got uh, the young buck, Tyler Jones, a guy you've seen him since he was uh, since he was a junior, uh, wrecking shop, and he's turned 18. He made his first fight as an adult last time out. He got the win over Doug Usher's guy. But that was a debut adult. Now he's going to get an adult with some experience. And KJ Franklin, who is uh, to who I thought looked better than his record uh, last time out, he got a win over one of those Triple Crown guys, um, and and he was really put together. Very athletic guy, very crisp technique, and. Uh, Similar to his teammate Charlie Miller, who we saw uh, last uh, last show, these guys are just very technical tie fighters. And then you've got uh, young Tyler Jones, who's just a little badass, you know, who's who's been doing this thing for a minute. So I'm excited; it's going to be a banger. Everybody taking Tyler Jones by TKO on this one. What do you have, Torres? Um, yes, man, uh, Tyler Jones. He's a beast, man. Uh, I've seen, I watched his last fight, and um, um, this man, and then I. As I've uh, learned some things, you know, about his dad training him and uh, the different type of training he goes through, uh, <laughs> this man here is going gonna, is gonna to be a beast. Uh, boy, cannot wait to see the future for this brother. But, yeah, I'm thinking Tyler Jones easily. Greg? I, I was going to just mention something. Uh, I was going to say, hey, shout out to Tyler, man. Uh, I know – you almost got through one inter like your one segment on your thoughts about somebody not mentioning your dad. You're right. <laughs> yeah, one time he's just like, you know what? Dude, but you know, Tra- Travis was was great, but Tyler, man, he's 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 a prospect coming up in the Muay Thai, the kickboxing dude. He's a badass kid, man. 
I'm telling you. Uh, he, last time, wasn't the last time out, but the time before that, he yelled, "It's too easy, it's too easy." And that was that. Was right, he was in the juniors at the time, right? When he said that, now he's been fighting the the adult vision, you know, the big the, the big boy vision, uh, uh, and uh, now he's uh, he's gonna get another KO here. And then, and then I see it. That big things coming from this kid, Jeff. Yeah, man, there was a big difference. Like Greg was saying, uh, his, two fights ago when he was still a junior, I mean, I was just like, "Hey, who is this cocky son of a gun, man?" I mean, he's just up here jaw and talk and then his his last one was against an adult and it was just a more quiet focused like okay you know playing time play time's over these guys with uh you know old man strength in here um so maybe might not want to play around but uh kids a prospect man um you know I, I don't know you guys know him better than i do outside of uh you know competition i mean what his is is he going to strictly stay you know, stand up striking. Does he have you know aspirations to branch off? No, his dad uh, told me that that he's going to start uh, training him for MMA, and that uh, probably okay. this summer we'll we'll see him start MMA. Uh, I, that'll be interesting, man. Because like I said, this kid's wow. a you know really good prospect. Um, uh, I would love to see this guy just kind of get some cross training in with uh, Pergande, man. At, at this weight, uh, with some of their stand up, you know, I think that would be yeah. great uh, a great training partner for this kid. Yeah. All right, next up we have Lightweights 155, Rochelle Pebbles, debut out of Universal General MMA in Portsmouth, Virginia, taking on Alex Stock, 1 0 out of KMA, Knoxville. Yeah, uh, not not much on uh, Rochelle Peebles. This is the first time that we have hosted this team out of Portsmouth, Virginia. So uh, don't know what we're going to get, but he looks like he's in great shape, put together, uh, and, and athletic, and uh, uh, it seems like he's ready to, to make his debut. He's, he's been anxious. And we'll be taking on uh, another one of these young bucks from KMAA, Alex Stock, who we saw in the last show make his debut. Quick win over Bud Cook. And uh, so he just kind of keeps rolling through camp here to, to take on uh, a little bit stiffer test here. Torres takes Peebles by TKO. Greg and Hobbs take Stock. Greg by TKO. Hobbs by decision. Greg? Uh, just another one of those uh, fresh starting KMA boys coming out. Uh, you know, starting out undefeated, 1-0. Coming out against um, the uh, what? KMAA boys. Yeah. Alex Stock. What? Yeah. Who, what Rochelle? Yeah. What? This is. <laughs> What's going? Hold on. What's going on? This isn't a female. Yeah. What is no. going? No. On? No. Rochelle's a guy. What? Yeah. What the shit? Ro- what is going on right now? Y'all got me all confused. <laughs> yeah, I think Jeff thought this is a female. <laughs> I kept working on this dude's uh, tap on it. Or yeah. I was like Rochelle, I mean, if this girl, what? Oh, oh, got you, got you, go. Okay, I see, like, like Rochelle. <laughs> yeah, and I thought Alex was like short for Alexandra or something, you know. Um, like, oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, sweet. Well, uh, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Alex talk out of the KMAA, man. Uh, 155. This kid, this kid's, uh, I, I, I think he moves up to two and zero here. Just against a debut, another debut. University general. I, I'm taking, I'm taking Alex. Okay, he Jeff, with this new revelation. And I know. Now I'm going to get beat up at this fucking show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sucks. How many fights are left after this? After this dude punch? Uh, well, I mean, I took Alexandra Stock, too, in this female route. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I just came like Greg said, KMA got some experience uh, against a, a debut. And Rochelle Peoples really, uh, you know, hurt me trying to enter this in tapology because for some reason – uh, it did not want to accept uh, the name 
the city or anything. So I was already kind of jaded at that point. Uh, so I definitely was going with stock. Um, and, and that's my disturbing factors for picking <laughs> stock. Torres? Well, that's the part Well, I know y'all say y'all don't do no research going in, but this is <laughs> oh, here we go. go. <laughs> well, yes, Rochelle is a blue belt. Um, I know he's from Virginia, but he's a blue belt in Virginia. He only been training MMA for eight and a half months. Um, he, he started boxing early on. Um, he's been doing a lot of striking. Um, I've been seeing some of it. And uh, he played, uh, I think he played a little football as well. So he's going to be an athlete. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, but he boxed, um, got into jujitsu. So I think his hands are already there. His ground game is there if he's a blue belt. So um, that's the reason why I got Rochelle in the first round. I think he, he takes this one. Ooh, y'all might have fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Featherweights 145 MMA. Justin Jamar 1 0 at Rocket City MMA, Huntsville, Alabama, taking on DT Dontarius Mills 2 and 1 out of Jimmo. Mooresville, North Carolina. Yeah, two uh, athletic guys here. Justin Jamar made his debut with us uh, back, uh, man, I guess it was in the summer or it would have probably been in the spring before the COVID lockdown. And he got a win in a, uh, a split decision win uh, over Kyle Pacini out of uh, UFC gym in South Carolina. And that was a really good fight. It was really back and forth, a fight of the night uh, type uh, type fight. Uh, and Jamar has taken on DT Mills, uh, Dontarius Mills out of that Jim camp, really tough group out of North Carolina. Uh, these guys look like they're very uh, similar in uh, their builds, uh, two athletic guys, two explosive guys. This would be a really good fight. Greg takes Jamar by TKO, Hobbs and Finney take Mills by TKO. Uh, what do you got, Hobbs? Well, I like anybody out of that Jim gym, man. That's a, that's a good camp right there to have. Um you know, I took a Rocket City guy earlier in the uh, about because I do have some familiarity with that gym, and I know they, you know, always put out, uh, you know, tough, uh, tough kids. But uh, man, lots of good stuff comes out of, uh, you know, Mooresville, North Carolina, and and that gym. You know, we all know that that's where Scott Holtzman goes a lot uh, when he's in Knoxville. Cross trains over there. Um, what's what's this guy's name? DT Don Terry. Don Terry. Yeah. D, is that say DT? Is that a, what's his name? Yeah, he goes by DT. DT. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with DT. So just before we move on, Tim, do you know, so Jimmo, is this a, a satellite school or did they move? They were in uh, in Gastonia, North Carolina or Belmont. I think I think Mooresville is just like his hometown. Oh, okay. Okay. But he's it's okay. So that's like an hour from the gym so i guess okay, i guess gotcha. so i guess so yeah yeah i don't i don't know that they have more than one maybe maybe i'm wrong and they do have a, an affiliate yeah it could be a satellite school right. uh in mooresville uh okay greg or i'm sorry uh torres um yes i went with Dontarius in this one as well uh uh don't know much about either one i did look at some of the records of uh you know him being two and one um uh, but with uh Dontarius, i mean uh I think he'll. I, I picked for him to win this one, like third round TKO. Uh, just based off, I mean, I do see that his last few fights they've all ended in submission, either him winning or him losing. But um, I do see this one uh, probably going almost to the third third round at least, back and forth fight. I think it's gonna be good. And I got done, Terrence. Greg. Um, I just had a really good feeling that both of these guys were going with Dontarius, so I went with Justin Jamar just because I could. 
And and and, and Jeff said something earlier about a lot of good things coming out of North Carolina. Just what good? What 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 comes out of North Carolina? It's good. I'm curious. Hey, easy. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm serious. I, I'm just wondering what comes out of North Carolina now. What that's good. It's like it's almost like Delaware, to be honest. Like what comes out of Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right, Jeff. Okay, zero. I'm hearing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing out of North Carolina's any good. Basketball. Justin, North Carolina sucks. Yeah. Period. Oh, says a guy from fucking Georgia. Yeah, Georgia sucks too. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Hey, Greg's, hey, got, hey, Greg's, got a fight, Greg's got a fight with Martino to build. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Carolina sucks. They all suck I, see where I see where we're going with this. Exactly. <laughs> see, nothing, come, nothing good comes out of there. <laughs> all right, next, up, that, <laughs> next up, we have Flyweight 125, female bout. Greta Mars, debut out of Upstate Karate in Simpsonville, South Carolina, taking on Autumn Newcomb, debut out of Ascension MMA in Cummings, Georgia. Uh, yeah, two debuts here. It's hard to say what you're going to get, but uh, Greta Mars, a first-timer out of the upstate camp there. Uh, again, her teammate is on this card, Blake Spence, uh, coming in here with uh, with our buddy Wes Wilson. Uh, we've been trying to get her on a card now for, it seems like, a long time, and things always just kind of fall apart. So I'm excited we're able to finally get her matched up. Autumn Newcomb coming out of uh, Junior Sunsau's Ascension MMA down there in Cumming, Georgia. And uh, this is a girl he's real high on, a uh, girl that uh, – She's uh, she's I think they're both white belts here, but uh, you know, Junior's uh is is spoken nothing but very highly about uh Miss Autumn Newcomb. So I'm excited to see both these ladies throw down and uh, get some new blood in the the female division. All right, everybody taking Mars on this one, Greg and Hobbs by TKO, Benny by decision. Uh, what do you got for us, Torres? Um, uh, like like Tim said, there's not much you can really know about these uh two girls. Um, they're both debuting, but. Uh, I went with Greta just <laughs> just to see what's up. I mean, after learning more about Newcom, you know, after hearing like somebody's really high on her, you know, she might come in and be really aggressive. But should have went with the Georgia girl, but I did. I, I went against her. So I'm going with Greta in this. <laughs> Greg, uh, I, I went with Greta too because she's from South Carolina, not North Carolina. She's from <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> That's just key way. North Carolina sucks, and everybody from there sucks. So that's all. All right, Hobbs. I'm just glad I got the sex right on this one. These are both females. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, yeah, kind of same formulas before, man. Uh, you know, Upstate Karate uh, puts out a lot of good fighters. Um, you know, I know we, like I said, that you've been trying to get this girl on a card for a while. Um, so, you know, I just went with Greta. Felt, it felt right, guys. It felt right. <laughs> All right, next up we have Featherweights 145 MMA. Eric Lewis, 1-1 one one out of Rocket City MMA. Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Jalen Harper, 3-1 out of Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga. Our final entrant from Rocket City MMA, uh, Eric Lewis, who uh, last time out in our cage, you got a win over Keon, uh, Keon Jones. Um, and he, he won a decision there over Keon, who had a, a really uh, – exaggerated advantage in height and reach there. It was, it was a little funky for Lewis to react to. I thought uh, taking on Jalen Harper, a guy uh, out of a gogi combatives, who's been on a hot streak, man, three and one. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, had a big knockout last uh, year down there in Saudi Daisy, a bit he- a head kick knockout. And then he won last month against uh, Justin McRae, who we'll see earlier in uh, the show for this card. All of our panelists take uh, Jalen on this one. Greg and Torres take, TKO Hobbs takes submission. Uh, what do you think on this one, Greg? Uh, 
Hey, I was hesitant on taking submission too because Jalen last time he fought stood up and looked at me after he won. You know, sorry he didn't get the submission, man. I'll try to get next time. I, but I think he's going to go in there with uh, with bad intentions on the spot. Uh, he's been training hard in the gym, and and he's been really focusing on that stand up. His ground game has been uh, has been as, you know evolving throughout the duration he's been there to Gogi. But um, uh, the guy has been hitting miss, and his just stand ups on another level. And I've got to go with the home home team here in Jalen Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, kind of same philosophy. I picked uh, Jalen last time by sub, and I figured if I just keep throwing shit on the wall, eventually it'll stick. So I'm going <laughs> to stay with it, and hopefully he'll get one. And plus, I'll be in his corner, uh, and I'm going to, like last time, and I'm just going to keep throwing out submission advice uh, throughout the whole, uh, you know, throughout the whole bout. <laughs> uh, so I went with Harper by submission. Torres? Um, same thing with me. Um, Jalen, I mean, Jalen looks phenomenal in the room right now. I mean, gosh, the man looks really good. And um, I, I watched a little bit of uh, Eric Lewis, um, you know, his only win. Um, and uh, he, he looked okay. He did. His striking is okay. His uh, um, ground game is uh, questionable, but he, he looks okay. He does. And I think Eric Lewis can give Jalen some problems here and there, but I think Jalen will without a question, uh, dominate this fight. And uh, he's looking forward, as he said in the last one, he's looking forward to that 145 title. So, hey, he's looking good right now. So I'm excited to see Jalen fight. All right, next up we have lightweights, 155-pound MMA. Uh, Zeke, the Monkey King, Colvin, two and three, out of Notorious MMA in Columbus, Ohio, taking on Andrew Havener, seven and four. Nice guy submissions in Rockport, Indiana. Yeah, another interesting one here. A couple contenders in 155s at Colvin coming down from Ohio with that group that brings us Samaj Portis, uh, notorious MMA. Uh, looks to be very athletic. Uh, got got some experience out there, and uh, you know, an explosive, entertaining fighter. Taking on Andrew Havener, a guy we've seen a few times down here. He's got a win, actually. He's, he was Dan Bailey's one loss as an amateur. Last time out, though, uh, he had an injury in between rounds against Garrett Sharp that halted that bout prematurely. But Havener's one of those tricky guys, uh, very unassuming, uh, you know, not a guy that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, bouncing off the cage and uh, all kinds of crazy or anything, but, uh, but very tricky. Those guys at Nice Guy have got a lot of uh, tricks up their sleeve. Uh, all of our panelists taking Havener on this one. Greg and Torres by TKO, Hobbs by decision. What do you got, Hobbs? Well, I think I got this dude all mixed up. Did, did we used to have a dude kind of in the area? Was it Shane Havener or Hef, Hefner or Shay? Man, I think I got this dude mixed up with him. Oh, uh, yeah, Shane Schaefner. Uh, I think yeah. it was Shane Schaefner. Yeah, he's a little 125 wrestler guy. He's out of, uh, he used to be out of Murfreesboro. Yeah, I messed up. Well, it sounds like I might still be all right with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I do know nice guy submission. Uh, Sean Hammonds is, uh, you know, their jujitsu affiliate. So I know, you know, the kind of BJJ that comes out of uh, that program. So I'm hoping I'm still in the good on this one, but I completely had this dude mixed up with somebody else who was a wrestler. And, uh, and that's why I went with him, but I'm hoping it still works out for me, Andrew. <laughs> Torres. Um, yes. Uh, uh, Havener with the experience. I mean, they both got a lot of good experience. Um, I'm excited to actually see this. Fight. I think it'll be really good. Good fight back and forth. Um, but yes, I, I got to take uh, Andrew Havener. I mean, I did a little research on Coven and um, I saw that uh, fight he had against uh, Melvin Harris and um, his last outing and uh, see why it took him a minute, a uh, year and a half to fight. You know, he got mm-hmm. knocked out in 10 seconds. So, oh, wow. Uh, 
It'd be much more competitive. I'll still take Andy. Greg? I just took Havner because I remember he, that first round that they had was it was Garrett Sharp, right? Yeah. Was it Garrett? Yeah. That, I just remember that first round that they had was a banger and then his knee was hurt. And he even looked over and said, yeah, my knee's but something, something's messed up, you know, something's messed up. And I was like, okay, well, it's over. But I just remember that, that whole round, he was banging. And uh, I'm expecting to come out here and against a guy that's two and three, I expect him to, you know, maybe get the job done. You know, so that's why I took Hadden. All right, next up we have Bantamweight's 135-pound MMA, John Lamia, two and two out of Jim O, uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, taking on Anthony Seagoat Cochran, five and five out of KMA in Knoxville. Out of the, uh, we're getting into the uh, the meat of the card here. John Lamia last time out gets a submission win over Jake Johnson from the Indian Land Group. Oh, Lamia out of that Jim O team with uh, DT Mills, so you know they're going to come well prepared. I recall him being kind of a tall, long guy at the weight, uh, taking on Anthony Cochran, the Seagoat, a guy we know very well. You know, five and five, but he's uh, been more hot than cold as of late. Uh, coming off of a split decision loss last time out to Michael Cribb in a fight that um, he, he showed really good wrestling, just didn't do enough on top, I think, to sway the judges, but still not a real bad performance by any means. And a guy that, uh, you know, he just 135 is his is his uh, a sweet spot, if you will, just comes in, you know, in great shape at 135. And uh, I expect this one to be a really fun one. This one, this is going to probably be a scramble fest. Everybody takes Cochran on this one. Greg and Hobbs both take submission. Torres by TKO. What do you got here for us, Torres? Um, I took Cochran in this one. Um, I, I looked at some of his, uh, obviously his losses. They both were uh, split decision, and um, I just think he's uh, due for a win. Um, he has, he did win his last fight, uh, November. Uh, take that back. Take that back. Uh, that was John Lemia. Say, take that back. I got him. I'm reading him wrong, but. Uh, Yes, Anthony Cochran is due for a win. He lost his last fight by a split decision, and uh, I think he's just ready for this one, um, having a great opportunity to get back in it, and uh, I think he wins this one. Greg? I just, uh, you know, every time I pick against Anthony Cochran, he, he usually wins, and uh, last time I tried to pick against him, and he ended up losing, so, but with that being said, I've been an Anthony Cochran fan for a long time. I love the city go. I love seeing him win. I love his persona. He's and he's just an all-around good kid. And uh, uh, just his wrestling is just has gone levels and levels and levels, head and shoulders above what it was when he started. And the dude just keeps getting better every time, and he keeps impressing me over and over again. And I just can't pick against him anymore. And that's why I've got Seago. Jeff. Yeah, I mean he's one of the guys we always talk about, just kind of being hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, he's coming off a loss. I think it's, you know, he's due up and, um, you know, in that split decision loss in Nashville, man, I mean, his, his, like Greg said, his wrestling was out of this world in that fight. Um, the only thing he did not do is, you know, do much with it afterwards. And I'm sure he's, you know, learned his lesson that way and he's not going to let that happen again. So he was relentless in Nashville, uh, in that split decision loss. Um, so he knows that formula works. He's just got to add, you know, just a little ground and pound, a little something to it. And uh, that's why I'm going with uh, Cochran. All right, next up we have middleweight's 185-pound MMA, Christian Divisionary Lee, 1-1 one one, independent out of Newport, Tennessee, taking on Tommy Waller, 3-1 and one, independent out of Knoxville, Tennessee. 
Well, this is a fun one. This is one that, that you should circle on your card to make sure you're uh, you're perked up for, because uh, these are two characters here. Christian Lee, uh, you know, he last time out, uh, he he actually has been fighting a 170. You know, uh, you know, last time out, he got a win over Darren Hastings. And then before that, he took a, uh, a decision loss to uh, Bronson Bazorgi. But Bronson Bazorgi's really good he's undefeated and working his way towards title fight at this point so lee's been in there uh you know with tough guys right off the rip uh, with mixed results uh obviously even though he's independent he's military now he's he's uh in, in the uh, army national guard out there in morristown and uh, so he's done with his basic training and stuff like that ready to get back in there and fight uh although he's an independent you can tell when you watch him fight that he's got some traditional martial arts background a lot of a lot of kicks, a lot of, uh, you know, spinning uh, theatrical moves. It's always fun to watch him fight. And he's very confident. Uh, and then, of course, you and he's got a rowdy crowd there at the cage side, too. Uh, Tommy Waller, of course, uh, uh, my buddy Tommy, you know, he's been uh, he's been uh, with us now for a little over a year. He got uh, uh, off to a three and oh start, uh, stepped up a little bit in competition his last time out and uh, struggled to, to defend the takedowns. Uh, but showed a lot of heart. He was in a really deep arm bar that he never tapped from and ended up losing a decision in his last one. So he's taking some time off and regrouped here and he'll be taking on Lee. And, uh, you know, I think Waller's shortcomings in that last one on the ground, uh, you probably don't have to worry about Lee shooting too many takedowns. So I see this being likely a stand-up affair unless Tommy decides he wants to go to the ground because oddly enough, all of Tommy's wins are by submission. So this is a really hard one to call, actually. That being said, Torres takes Waller by submission. The other two take Lee. Uh, Greg goes with submission. Hobbs with decision. What do you have for us, Greg? I, I just, I just, think, I, I love the whisper. I love, I love Tommy Waller, man, dude. I love his whole, I love his whole persona. And he got his dad as his, as a spokesman, as his Paul Heyman, for, you know, if, if you will, right there, you know. But. uh you just mentioned he's got all three wins in the first round uh, via submission. Um, Christian Lee, though, man, he he just got done with basic training. And I remember when we sent him off, you know, when he, mm -hmm. and he had his last spot and we sent him off and he had a big kind of, you know, farewell from us. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I, I never thought we'd get to see him again. And, and the fact that he's back right now, and it, it seems like it happened, you know, because I haven't, I haven't thought about him, but like he's been gone for a while and now he's back. So, uh, I'm really excited to see him fight, and, and I think he's going to be able to get. Uh, I think I think that Tommy's going to want to go to the ground, and when he does, I think Christian may have some kind of ground game developed, maybe throughout basic training. I mean, he was gone for a while, so we may get to see some some leveled up from Christian, and that's what I'm expecting. And he and by the way, he is uh, he is kind of uh, 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 trolling him on social media. He's been making kind of gesture towards him. He's been wearing his sunglasses and putting his finger on his on his poster picture, and, and I just oh, had to mention man. that. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I mentioned it to Tommy Waller, and Tommy, you know, being the sound guy that he is, he goes, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. I'll do my talking in the cage. You know, so I'm excited for this one more than more than others. You know, the Army's really known for their hand-to-hand -hand combat, for sure. Hobbs? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't – I mean, I, Tommy struggled on that last fight on the ground, so I don't, I don't know if that's where he wants to go. Um you know, I didn't notice the difference in the weight class here. So it kind of makes me wonder, you know, a lot of guys, you know, it, was it muscle built at, at training camp? I mean, most guys lose weight uh, when they go to, to basic. Uh, so it kind of, I don't know, kind of intrigued on why the, the, the jump in weight classes. I mean, he's not a very tall guy, uh, you know, even for 170. So I don't know. It's a little interesting there. 
Um, I really feel sound about my decision, though, with with it going the distance because uh, Tommy was a tough, durable guy that got into some bad spots on the ground but was able to defend and maintain. Um, and I, in both of Christian's fights, if I'm not – I don't know. I may be wrong. I know one went to a decision, his first one. But, I mean, so he, he, he's got some rounds and minutes under him. Um, so, you know, I like Christian. I like his fans. Uh, he, he brings out a lot of uh, – uh, he brings a lot of support to the Joe. Uh, people like him. I like him. Um you know, I like Tommy a lot better when he was dunking donuts and, and bringing us food. Um, <laughs> but uh, these are two good kids, man. Uh, this is going to be a fun fight. Uh, two independent kids, too. Um, just letting it all hang out and having fun. So, uh, yeah, this is. I'm glad this is further down on the card because this is going to be a fun one. Torres? Yeah, man, I'm really excited for this. You know, you know, you is like these MMA events really remind me a lot of. Uh, like what we used to do when we used to wrestle. Um, used to you talk to these guys from different gyms and different places, and you get to know them a little bit. And I've gotten to know uh, Tommy a little bit, even though I fought twice. But first time, you know, we talked a lot. And uh, you know, Tommy, he's a he's a hardworking guy. I mean, I just think uh, with his game, his ground game, I, I think is 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 surreal, man. It's it's going to come right at Christian Lee. I don't know much about Lee. Haven't really seen him fight. But I think Tommy is prepared for this. Um, you know, he lost a really close decision against Austin Wood. Um, I watched a little bit of that fight. And uh, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. He's ready to get back going. You know, took some time off. So I think, he, I think he's ready for this fight. I think this is going to be a big fight for him. Trying to get back in that uh, pitcher, especially at the middleweight division. So I think he, uh, I think he submits Christian Lee. That's his game. All right. Next up, we have a title fight. Welterweight, 170 pounds. Samar's the sole collector, Portis 3-0 out of Notorious MMA in Columbus, Georgia, taking on Carter Beekman, the champion, 4-2 and two out of Blaylock MMA, or IMB, I'm sorry, Blaylock IMB, Chattanooga, Tennessee. All right, co-main event here. We've almost made it through this uh, marathon of a card. It is a fight that was supposed to happen last month. This was supposed to be on uh, last month's card. And uh, Beatman, uh, the, the reigning champion at 170, he uh, re-aggravated uh, an injury to his hand. So he had to push back to this show. So Portis has been chomping at the bit to, to make this happen. And you can tell both these guys are uh, are ready this time. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a war. Really hard fight to call. Beatman looking to defend that strap after coming back up from one. 155 in an uh, attempt to try to become champ champ and fell short against Dan Bailey last time. So he's looking to, to get that taste out of his mouth. And Portis is a guy that has shown both early knockout power and the ability to, to grind a little bit. So uh, yeah. And, and putting that undefeated record on the line too. Everybody picking the challenger on this one, uh, Greg and Hobbs, both going by submission uh, Torres by TKO Hobbs. I mean, it's, it's uh I definitely did not expect all three of us to go the same way because it, I mean, this is going to be a close fight. It's going to be a good fight. Um, I, hell, I, I don't even know why I picked Samaj other than I kind of looked at it as a pick em fight and, you know, the toss up 50, 50 on both sides. I didn't have a lot of strategy behind my pick. Um, you know, other than the fact that Samaj has found uh, a way to win every time he's walked into the cage and, uh, you know, I know he's chomping at the bit. So, you know, I'm, I'm going with, uh, going with Samaj. Yeah, I was very surprised too, Torres. Yeah, um, I'm really excited for this fight. And then and Samar is another one of those guys where you meet uh, in the locker room, and you know you get to learn the, about the guy. And I think Samar is really, he's really preparing for this fight. Uh, 
seen I've seen a little bit of his training, and um, I think this man is is ready. He's coming. He's gonna come at Carter. Um, and look, I mean, I looked at Carter Beatman. He's a brawler. I mean, he comes at you. I, I think Carter Beatman. Uh, he's the champion for a reason, and you know. It's gonna be a really good fight. I'm actually really excited for this one. This, this is one, like you said, this is one of those pickums. Throw it up in the air and just see what shakes. And I'm taking some Marge Porter in this one. Okay. I really thought both of you guys would pick Beatman and thought I was gonna steal one here. Honestly, <laughs> I really did. All right, yeah, Carter Beatman is one of my homies. But uh, uh, here's the thing, uh, and this is a heartbreaker that I'm picking against him. But here's the facts. You know, Carter's coming off of a loss. He was the champ champ. He lost his belt last time, and he was supposed to fight just last month. And two days before weigh-ins, he re-injures his hand. Here's my concerns. How much time has Carter Beatman put in the gym? How much time has he been hitting on the back? How much time has he been training? I know I've seen him in the gym running. I know he's picking his cardio up. I know he's doing all this. What I don't know, is, and it's because I don't see it. And, and again, Carter's my homie, but like right now, uh, he re-injured his hand a month ago. How much time has he, been, has he been able to put into the gym right now? I just don't see it. And, and uh, Samaj Cordes, uh, he went with Shlomo Boyd to three rounds. And he he beat Shlomo Boyd the majority of all you know, three rounds before he finished him. And uh, we just saw Shlomo Boyd take Bubba Cruz to the second round. And he took Bubba Cruz's back twice. And I get to train on a regular basis with Bubba Cruz. And I know Bubba Cruz, is, is, he didn't show what he was capable of that night, that night. Or Shlomo Boyd is just on another level of that I didn't think he was. And if Samaj Portis is finishing him, he's probably going to finish Carter on the ground. All right. Next up, we have the main event for the vacant lightweight 155 MMA title. The Honey Badger, Brandon McGee, 4-3 and three out of Gamma. Greenville, Tennessee, taking on Parker Wadman, 4-2 and two out of KMA, Knoxville, Tennessee. All right. Main event time, and I'm excited for this. That 155 uh, title vacated by Dan Bailey, who uh, goes pro <laughs> April 2nd, by the way. And uh, this one is two guys that are very, very high paced. The motor on both these guys is 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 very good. They they only come forward. They they both are all action fighters. Brandon McGee last time out uh, wins the Primal Combat 145 championship over a much more experienced uh, Vasquez, and and then uh, of course Parker Wadman last time out takes on a, a behemoth wrestler in Ryan Camp and submits him in the third round. So both these guys are coming in hot. Uh, both these guys can wrestle. Both these guys can strike. Really, really close fight. Everybody taking uh, Parker Wadman on this one. Greg and Hobbs both by submission. Torres by decision. Uh, we got for us Torres. Um, I'm really excited for this fight as well, man. I can't wait to see these two guys go at it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, different skills. I mean, he's showing he got the submission game. Both got the uh, – you know, they can finish it on the, on the standing up as well. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I had to take Watman in this one. So I'm excited. Greg? Well, um, I uh, doubted Parker Watman last time, and I'm always a Brandon McGee rider right there. Uh, both guys have similar records, and both guys are very capable of winning this fight. But when Parker shut me down on the wrestling last time and told me that he's just not in season during season yeah, MMA wrestling, you know, all it's all all year round. You don't never you're no it's no out of season for that, and he's always on it. Uh, here's the here's the thing: Brandon McGee's got one uh, black eye on his uh, black eye on his record, and that is a armbar submission for Sam McAlpin, which leads me to believe there are some big holes in his game, and I know that Parker's <laughs> going to execute on that. 
And uh, again, my heart was with Carter Bateman last time. He's and I got him to lose. My heart is with Brandon McGee this time. But this action twenty four seven shit's got me fucking thinking I'm going to win a thousand dollars. And if I <laughs> if I can win some money, I'm sorry guys, I'm going to have to go with my winners and Parker Wadman. I think submits it. There. If you win a thousand dollars, I plan on having a good night. Hobbs. Oh, we're going to have a good night. Yeah. Well, if we just scroll through the card and look at these picks again, we know there's no fucking way that he's winning a thousand dollars with some of these picks. Um, and I do trust me, I do love the way you use Sam McAlpin as your Littman's test and measuring stick. I'm sure, I'm sure Sam appreciates that too on how many holes a guy has in his game. That's uh, a, uh, that's good, good stuff there. Um, but, you know, like you said, these guys got similar records. Uh, you know, I just think right now is Parker's time, man. It's as simple as that uh, answer is. Um, you know, Brandon can be kind of up and down, but I just think Parker's in his groove right now. Uh, and, and you know, so that's why I'm going with it. I just think it's his time. All right. All okay. Well, that wraps it up, guys. That's uh, that's all the picks. It's been a marathon. I appreciate everybody uh, hanging tight with us. There was a lot to go through, but make sure you pick along with us at, uh, at games.action247.com. You can uh, make your picks on this card, and if you pick all 12 of those last fights correctly, you win a thousand bucks. Also, they're going to have a separate little game on just the main event. You can pick, uh, you got to pick the winner of the main event correctly, but if you pick that correctly, you win a $25 free bet. So uh, even if you fail on the rest of the card, you can uh, you can pick the main event in a separate game. And if you if you hit it right, you get twenty five dollar free bet at action twenty four seven. So uh, make sure you use the promo code Valor one hundred when you sign up. They'll match your uh, deposit up to hundred bucks. And uh, that's gonna do it, guys. We've got a big weekend. Of course, you can catch this card on VFCMMA.com. It goes down Friday, March the 5th from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. You can get your tickets at FighterTicksWithTheNext.com. Then the very next day, we're going to be going down to Agogi Combatives for the first-ever Hydra Cup uh, on March the 6th. You can also catch that pay-per-view at VFCMMA.com at the low price of only $9.99. Big card there. We've got four combat, uh, four quartet teams uh, going for the first-ever Hydra Cup. We've got KMAA with the team, Agogi with the team. Uh, North Georgia High stand with the team. And then there's like a uh, uh, another team, the Outlaws, which is like a, a, a coalition of, of, of buddies that are competing. And Chad Finnerty and Harrison Aiken, Adam Sylvie and, and Austin Hagens on that group. And we've all got an eight-man uh, combat BJJ tournament that night as well with $1,000 going to the winner. That's a really stacked group. Uh, then we've got some tag team bouts. Our man Torres is going to be competing that night uh, as well in a tag team bout with his teammate Luke Wilson taking on a couple of the guys from over at Indian Land um, MMA. Uh, then, uh, of course, uh, also of note uh, on that card, uh, UFC fighter Shanna Young is going to be in action against a very decorated high school wrestler, Catherine Mullis from down in Georgia, who just won the state championship down there <laughs> and uh and I, I saw a, an article on her. She it was the first girl to ever get 100 wins in high school with 80 of those coming against boys. So now she's going to step it up against a UFC fighter in Shannon Young, who, uh, you know, just uh, became a, uh, a mother once again here recently and working to get herself back in shape to get back in the octagon. Uh, Torres, real quick before we go, thoughts on uh, the Hydra Cup this weekend? Oh, man, I'm excited to uh, see this. I'm really excited. You know, is that our gym? So. That's that's a really good look for us, but um, overall, man, um, it should be really good. It's uh, really fun to get an opportunity to see some high level jujitsu. Uh, see some guys go at it. Um, excited to see a lot of guys from our gym. Um, in it, a lot of guys uh that 
could have potential fights in the near future. Um, but it's, it's really fun to see uh, some of these guys uh, get an opportunity to perform. So I'm excited. Greg, what's your take on this, man? Who's going to take home that $1,000? Oh, the thousand dollars, dude. I, I mean, you got, you got. Greg's going to try to win a thousand dollars on Action Twenty Four Seven. That somebody's going to win a thousand dollars at the Hydra Cup. That's right, man. I mean, Nick Gertz is in the race right there for for number one spot right there, and, and uh, but you got Logan Neal in the lineup. Shlomo Boys in there. That's that's you got a lineup of killers in there, and uh, I I don't know who's going to win it, man. I got my pick, Nick Gertz, right there for the for the for the uh, for the stack. Uh, but uh, like like. I'm more excited about it. Hell, uh, Torres Feeney will be competing on this in a tag team match right here. We, you know, we mentioned that Torres. You could have said you're m- most excited about your own match, bro. But, I am uh, excited. <laughs> I just Torres just excited for the whole day. No, but what, well, I, what what I'm most excited about is like what Feeney just said. Uh, it's kind of going to be fun to scout all these kids that don't fight that are interested in the game because. I mean, you're mixing promotions with promotions here, and we're going to get to see all kinds of looks from different people. And I mean, it's just like, like I said, it's Scout City. Like, hey, man, you're you're fucking awesome at combat jujitsu. Have you ever thought of fighting? Yeah, absolutely. Well, guess what? We do it. So let's go. You know, this is going to be a big a big door opener for a lot of guys that have never fought before. So I'm excited for it. Definitely, man. And uh, it's going to be a fun combat weekend. Hope to see everybody there. Hope that, uh, if you can't be there, you can tune in to the, either of the broadcasts and catch all the action. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Thanks to our listeners for uh, making it through this long one. And, uh, you know, uh, if you would check out our social media, that would be awesome. Give us a like on Facebook and uh, keep up with all of the uh, Valor Hour stuff. Uh, thanks so much to Justin Watson, my co-host, as well as Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, and Torres Finney for joining us. And uh, we will see you guys next week with a recap and reactions of this card as well as the UFC pay-per-view next week on the Valor Hour. We're out. This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This week on Sitting Ringside brought to you by HelloFresh. We talked to my old friend, the co-host of AEW Dynamite, Jairus live on TNT every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Tony Schiavone, we're going to talk about his full circle experience of being on the last Nitro on TNT and almost 20 years later coming back on with Dynamite. Also, what he loves about working with Tony Khan. We get his thoughts on Chris Jericho, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Sting, Cody Rhodes, and so much more. We even tell PN News story, believe it or not. Never would have thought that, but it's amazing when two old friends sit down, what they talk about. By the way, be sure to go to HelloFresh.com slash Ringside12 and use the code Ringside12 for 12 free delicious meals, including free shipping. I love HelloFresh, and it is America's number one meal kit. Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.